I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. After a long day of interviewing, editing, podcasting, making YouTube videos, doing whatever it is I'm doing with my life, I love to relax later on in the day or in the evening. And that's one of the reasons that I love Organifi Gold. This stuff is truly gold. It's got cinnamon, ginger, lemon balm, medicinal mushrooms, coconut milk, and more than anything, a super big serving of turmeric. It's an amazing anti-inflammatory spice. It's one of my favorites. So I'll make myself a golden latte at night with some good healthy fats in there and just have a nice calming drink. My friends and family love to come over and have my magic uh, gold elixir at night. But I also have been doing it uh, during the day. Just when I need to chill out, I'll make an Organifi drink elixir and I'll put it on ice. And it's actually really delicious that way too. Organifi Gold is the shiznit, guys. Real good stuff. So if you want to check it out, see, I'm trying not to swear as much on the podcast. That's where these weird words come from. I should edit that out, but I won't because I'm high on Organifi Gold. No, seriously, I did have some of it earlier and uh, put me in a really relaxed, um, but still kind of alert mood. It's amazing stuff and it tastes so bomb. You could even make like an ice cream with it. I'm, I'm going to start experimenting more with the gold. It's just a really good base powder that you can use for a lot of different things. Sometimes I'll throw some cacao in there, you know, I'll kind of mix it up a bit. Organifi Gold can be found at the following website, you guys. It's Organifi, spelled with an I, dot com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you want to save yourself some cashish to the tune of 15%, once you get over to their site, use the code Lifestylist to save 15% at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Let's rock and roll, folks. It's time for part two of this all-star episode recorded live at the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs 6th Annual Biohacking Conference. We're doing those lightning rounds again, so we've got six more guests. If you just stumbled across this episode randomly and you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you go back and listen to part one, which was released, oh, about 10 minutes ago. So part one and two drop same day. I'm just hammering you guys. This is going to be a really fun episode. Our guests in this particular show are Max Lugavere, who's been on the show before. He's a filmmaker, TV personality, health and science journalist, and brain food expert. He's also the author of Genius Foods, host of the Genius Live podcast, and the director of the upcoming film Breadhead, the first ever documentary about dementia prevention through diet and lifestyle. And we've got Daniel Eisenman of the Breaking Normal podcast, on which I was a recent guest. A little plug for you there. What? Daniel was preparing to follow the normal path and become a doctor until he took a gear off and saw what the world really had to offer. He now travels the world as a keynote speaker and facilitator of the Breaking Normal Experiences, which are radical retreats and workshops, or as he likes to call them, play shops, based on the principles of raw honesty and emotional freedom. Then we've got Mia Magic. She's a visionary storyteller and personal evolution coach who is passionate about playing all the characters of her childhood imagination to inspire others to believe in themselves and in magic. And I'm certainly a believer in magic. That was a great interview. 
Next up, we've got Samir Santike, who's CEO and founder of Biostrap, an innovative wearable device that leverages cloud-based algorithms and machine learning to deliver accurate activity and wellness tracking wearables that enable people to make impactful decisions about their health so that they can perform, recover, and sleep better. Biostrap's very cool. I use that thing sometimes when I meditate and do various biohacking practices to see what's happening with my HRV and all this stuff. Cool stuff. Then we've got a second-time guest, my friend Andy Nilo, the founder of Alatura Naturals, creators of the best skincare products I've ever used. I use his stuff every day, straight up. Like If you could take a video camera upstairs, do, 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 walk up, look in my bathroom, there's about five or six Alatura Naturals products sitting there right on my sink. Yeah, really good stuff. Very cool guy. Next up, we've got Tim Gray, who is a very recent uh, full-length episode guest as well. He's a heavyweight digital marketing director and digital strategist and speaker. He's also the creator of the Health Optimization Summit, uh, which I will be attending and participating in coming up uh, September 14th and 15th. And speaking of participation of yours truly, I'll be speaking at RamaFest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th and 21st. Be doing my high love workshop July 22nd. You can find all of my events at lukestory.com forward slash events. That's lukestory.com forward slash events. And while you're at my site, you might as well just hit up the next page, lukestory.com forward slash store, where you will find a collection that is highly curated, very carefully selected of every single health product and biohacking tool or technology that I personally use. That's lukestory.com forward slash store. Going to that store, getting discounts, shopping for yourself, saving the time and energy of finding the best stuff uh, is going to save you. And it's also going to support the podcast and tons of great brands. So check it out. All right, folks, let's go ahead and jump into this all-star bonus episode. And I'll be back with you for our regular programming on Tuesday with Kyle Kingsbury. Enjoy the show and our wonderful guests. All right, dude, what's your name and what do you do? My name is Max Lugavere. I'm a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the book Genius Foods and the host of the Genius Life podcast. Hot damn, you got your elevator pitch down. I love that. <laughs> Someone will ask me for my elevator pitch. I'm like, do you have four and a half hours? Um, very concise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take lessons from you on how to do that. <laughs> what current myth, fad, or scam in the health industry would you like to debunk right now? Oh my God. I Give wish me I... one, like the big one that people think is awesome that's really not. Um. Man, what? Oh, God, where do I begin? I think, um, well, I just think like, you know, the notion that there is such a thing as a one size fits all diet kind of irks me. Um, I don't like in the fitness world, I'm not like, I don't consider myself a part of the fitness world, but I, you know, I dabble in it, shall I say. And uh, there's a lot of condescension and um, cynicism and the promotion of this idea that calories are all that matter. So I know that's kind of like outside of the realm of, of biohacking, but I'm not, um, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of quality first when it comes to food. And I think that that uh, is sort of inherently at odds with this idea that as long as you're hitting your macros, you're eating a, you know, an optimized diet. So that that, Love kind of, it. that kind of irks me, yeah. Yeah, I get it. And and what's funny is you've been around the scene for a while too, and you see the cyclical nature of the fad diets too. You know, yeah, it's vegetarian, then it's keto, then it's vegan, then it's carnivore, then it's paleo, then it's like, dude, it's what works on your body. That's kind of my yeah. philosophy that I've come to, and 
then you have your, your you know certain neurotoxins and things like that that are just not good for anyone. Right. Your aspartame, your MSG, the really bad offenders, um, the bad guys, and no diet should include those. But I, I love that because I think a lot of people get caught up in the dogma of like a certain food program when it could change seasonally, year to year, month to month, and person to person. So totally. I love it. What are three of the most toxic items present in every home? Oh my God. Well, lately I've been obsessed with endocrine disrupting chemicals. So that's a very good question um, and, and poignant and apropos. I, uh, you know, we tend to think that when we're home, we're safe from environmental toxins, right? But actually the, our homes are the most concentrated oftentimes uh, places of exposure. So house dust is comprised of any number of chemicals you know, we can talk about phthalates and bisphenol A and polybrominated diethyl esters, which are um, a type of flame retardant. They're all present in, uh, in house dust and we inhale them. Our children inhale them, our pets inhale them, and they become a part of us and they, they're able to disrupt hormone function in a pretty profound way. And, you know, it's, this is so, sort of a controversial idea because many of these compounds are mired in you know, like commercial interest. Obviously, there's a lot of money that go into the into the chemical business. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing or a few things that I would do to safeguard yourself um, is to buy furniture without flame retardants. Flame retardants were initially added to furniture because smoking was such a big thing. Cigarette smoking in the house. Oh, I didn't know that. That's trippy. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, if you don't smoke in your house, there's really no need to buy flame retardant furniture. And even if you do smoke in your house, I mean, what are the odds that you're going to like light your furniture on, on fire, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing is to make the switch from plastic to glass. I think that's, crit that's critically important in your Tupperware. Get rid of all the plastic. Um, and uh, yeah, those would be like my high level Dude, tips. you might be a guy that can give us a soundbite on this. Would you speak to the issue of um, no stick Teflon pans. Do you know about that? Yeah. Teflon flu and all that shit. Yeah. So the so Teflon is a is basically made using a chemical that is a powerful endocrine disruptor, um, and it's also at this point omnipresent in our bodies and the environment. Um, the danger with these chemicals is that they have what's called typically with a toxin you have what's called a monotonic dose response, or with any chemical essentially, the the, the dose makes the poison. You can look at any chemical: water, sodium. Uh, arsenic, and at a certain dose, they become toxic. And, a, and at a dose, at, it's assumed that a dose below that is going to be not toxic, obviously. The problem with endocrine disruptors in the hormone system in general is that you have what's called non-monotonicity, which means that you can have a, 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 a toxic dose at a high... You can have a, a, a toxic effect at a high dose you can have potentially no effect at a moderate dose and then you can have an effect at a very low dose. So it's like more like a U-shaped curve. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so that, that trickiness of these chemicals um, is what's made them really hard to study, made them really hard to regulate and it's ultimately allowed the companies that make them to basically subvert policy and it's really scary. But, um, but yeah, I've, uh, you know, I talk about this lately a lot on my podcast and I'm writing about it. Um, right now for an upcoming project. But yeah, Teflon, you want to avoid like the nonstick uh, pans. You know, I think cast iron is a, is a good option. Um, stainless steel is another good option. You just want to make sure that your stainless steel pans uh, are nickel-free. Right, um, right. And then also iron. You know, if you're, if you're a man, iron, uh, cast iron pans add significant amounts of iron to your food. 
Right. And you don't want to accumulate right. iron. As a you dude. know what I did to hack the iron thing? Tell me, tell me. Uh, donate blood. Smart. Super smart. You go every few months yeah. and you download all that ferritin, I think it is. Because mm-hmm. I tested my ferritin or iron levels and they were you know, above average and too high. And wow. women don't typically get that problem because they're um, bloodletting yeah. every month, right? Every cycle. And we're not. So you can do like the male version of of having a cycle, which is every few months go donate blood and the re- the receivers of that blood also win. So it's a cool thing. You know, you get to get kind of the helpers high of doing a service to people that are yeah. low on blood. And also you're kind of going here, take my toxic iron that I don't want. But yeah, it's just, super smart. I learned that years ago and it, it is actually um, quite effective. Okay. One, one other potential hack yeah. that, I'll, that I'll add to the mix. Calcium yeah. is one of the few known substances that inhibits iron absorption in the gut. Oh, cool. So you could potentially take like a calcium supplement if you're having like a steak that was cooked on a on a cast iron pan, which obviously is going to have a lot of iron. Right. And you could you could theoretically inhibit some of your of your iron absorption that's that way. interesting yeah. i love geeking out with dudes like you it's like everyone <laughs> brings like a factoid to the table and then you know after a while we kind of got most of it figured out yeah right if you could only take one supplement and one supplement only for the rest of your dear life max what would that one thing be so you got a bottle pill powder in your cabinet and you got to eliminate everything else except this one supplement what would it be oh my god um, it's a bitch. I know. I don't think I could even answer it myself. Holy cow! Uh, man, I, uh, I'm a fan of fish oil. I'm a fan of vitamin D. I'm a fan of. You know what? Maybe astaxanthin. I'm a big fan of astaxanthin. Oh, nice. Yeah, I get it from this this uh, this farm in Hawaii, and um, it it protects your brain, your eyes, your skin, and it it basically works from the inside out to protect. Cell membranes. Yeah, I love astaxanthin. Have you noticed any issues on what's that company called? Bioastin. Yeah. Is that the guys you use? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard ever noticed any issues with um, the extraction method? Did the, you know? Is there, you need to look out for hexane or other solvents used to get it out? Have you dug that deep I into it? Did not hear that, but that's if if you're telling me I need to look into that, then I will. Look I mean, into I don't it. know about them because that's the brand that I use when I forget when I remember to order it. But I've been hearing some things with fish oils and things like that, and algae oils huh. that there's some potential toxicity uh, due to the extraction method. So one, you know, wants to do their due diligence and be discerning about the methods um, by yeah. which someone actually extracts those nutrients. Of but course. I love astaxanthin. I, you know, when I take a shitload of it is when I fly because it's really good Smart. at combating solar radiation. And Smart. it's, like you said, it works from the inside out. It is, a, it's like a sunscreen. Yeah. I've gotten people on high doses of it that have really fair skin and get them out doing incremental sun exposure. And you can take like a fair skin freckled person on a lot of astaxanthin and they won't sunburn. Wow. I love that. It's really, really cool. Okay. um, What's your number one free biohack? So something that does not come in a pill, powder, syringe, technology that someone can get for free if they don't have the budget for all this fancy, crazy stuff. Man, my my number one free biohack. Okay, here's a good one. Bring your own condiments to restaurants. Dude, that's good. Yeah. That's me, great. Me and my... Me and my friend Crosby Taylor. Yes. Yeah. So me and my so Crosby Taylor, if hey, you're listening. Crosby, you want to <laughs> do a... Um, you want to be on my podcast in a few minutes? Okay. Come back and see me. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, restaurants cut costs. They're notorious cost cutters. And one of the places where they use really cheap uh, and unhealthy ingredients are in their sauces and oils. So what I do is... Now, granted, I'm not going to do this at a five-star Michelin restaurant or whatever. But like frequently, I'll bring... like uh, You know, if I'm going to a place that has like a grass-fed burger, but there's really no good ketchup because it's all like high-fructose corn syrup ketchup or whatever... 
I'll bring like some Primal Kitchen ketchup with me. I have no affiliation with them, but their ketchups are bomb. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and their mayonnaise. Yeah. All their condiments actually are really good. They just own the condiment market. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll also often bring some mustard seed powder with me when I go to get some like cooked cruciferous vegetables. You know, I'm a big fan of like sauteed broccoli and things like that. When you sprinkle uh, mustard seed powder on cooked cruciferous vegetables, it actually magnifies their anti-cancer potential in a really powerful way. Rad. Yeah. Wow. And it's tasty. It's like super spicy. Um, it doesn't taste like mustard. The sauce, it tastes, yeah. you know, it's got this like really nice, mild, spicy flavor. And it actually really uh, strongly intensifies the anti-cancer activity. Badass, dude. Bring your own condiments. It's a yeah. great biohack. I mean, it's not technically free because at one point in the journey, you would probably have to purchase them. <laughs> yeah. But it's one that you can reuse over and over again. Good point. Yeah. I'm the guy that always orders a salad with no dressing because I just know it's going to be rapeseed oil, canola totally. oil, grapeseed oil, some oxidized inflammatory oil. And then even I'll go, can I just have a side of olive oil? And then even that, the prob- it's probably not 100% true olive oil. So I, Jesus Christ, dude, how yeah. do you win? But anyway, little by little, you know. Okay. So in your opinion, what is the most nutrient dense food on the planet? If we we're going to eat one food that just totally kicks ass, what would it be? Oh my God. I would have to say, oh man, it's, it's probably a tie for me, but either wild salmon or um, grass-fed beef. Big fan of grass-fed beef. Dope. Love it. I would like some right now. I think I've missed lunch and I am famished. Um, what's one piece of advice you would give a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? What have you got for our up-and-coming uh, generation of biohackers and health enthusiasts? Oh my God. I would say um, uh, embrace consistency and um, practice... Uh, progress and and you know striving for progress and not perfection you know i think that's a big thing we all tend to well speaking for myself you know i'm really i, I try to walk the walk and it's not so much try i you know it's it's something that i'm really passionate about and i feel like i just feel better when i eat the right foods and and i'm exercising often but um you know it's it's normal to slip up every now and then or indulge here and there you know i mean i'm not always only eating grass-fed beef. If I go to a barbecue for, you know, restaurant, for example, I'm eating whatever they're serving and that's fine. It's, uh, you know, I don't think that you need to beat yourself up over forays out of your, you know, perfected biohacking, you know, diet plan. But, um, but yeah, in general, consistency is key. Embrace, you know, a smaller number of healthy foods and eat those on loop. That's, that's what I tend to do. And it also allows you to save money, right? Because when you start funneling your money into just the, the handful of foods that are really serving you and you cut out all the sort of discretionary foods that tend to be the least healthy of them. You know what's rad about that? You just answered two questions in one because another one of my questions later on, which we're now going to skip, is how can someone be health conscious without being too neurotic? And yeah. obsessive about it, which you kind of just said, find a balance, Yeah, you know, progress, not perfection kind of thing. Yes. So I love that. Okay. Who's been your favorite speaker here so far and why? Oh man, Luke's story. He's been... <laughs> I wasn't a speaker. Oh man. <laughs> I'm individually speaking <laughs> with everyone. <laughs> Luke was definitely my favorite speaker. Uh, no, I, um, I actually didn't get to see any of the talks. So I'm not, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that That's question. That's you and me both. Yeah. That's funny. I saw Frank Schallenberger for about five minutes during lunch. Uh, and I want, I, been trying to, I'm waiting for him to walk by and I'm going to grab a mic and throw it on him hopefully. But um, yeah, it's the thing about coming to these conferences. Sometimes you end up kind of networking and hanging out and having fun and, and missing the actual spectator experience of it. So uh, then that's going to dovetail nicely into my next question. If you could only follow the advice of one expert in the field of health 
forever, who would that one person be? You have to ignore all the noise, discount everyone's opinions and advice, and just listen to one guru. Who's that guru? Oh my God. I know it's tough. I can't. I mean, well, you know, he's not like uh, an influencer necessarily, but my good friend Paul Graywall is a medical doctor who's very smart. He's he's an expert in obesity medicine, and he is he also happens to be the co-author of my book Genius Foods with me. Um, he's a very smart guy. He has like an encyclopedic knowledge, and um, I've learned a lot from him about science and medicine. And um, so, yeah, I would say him probably. Awesome. If I had to pick one person. And how do you handle or manage negative emotions? I like to listen to music and sulk and uh, <laughs> go to the gym. I like to, you know, get it out with a good workout. Um, I sometimes will meditate. I, I'm, I, I was trained to meditate in sort of a Vedic style. And so I'll sometimes dose myself with a, with a good meditation sesh. But uh, I don't meditate nearly as often as I, as I should. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think exercise is really, it's, it's powerful. And it's something that I've always been able to rely on. I'm very grateful for that. Cool, man. Uh, you're giving me some great advice. Sometimes I forget about that one. Do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what is that practice? I am a spiritual atheist. I don't believe in you know an anthropomorphized man in the sky, but I definitely feel connected to the universe at large. And um, I regularly experience states that I can only describe as, as transcendent, you know, whether it's through music, art, um, connection. And, uh, yeah, but ultimately I can be a bit nihilistic. Um, you know, I've seen, uh, really good people get sick and, and die. And it's, uh, I just, it, it hasn't left me with a lot of faith that there is some kind of um, omnipresent being out there, um, looking after us. So ultimately it, what it's taught me is that you really have your own back and it's up to you to, you know, take care of yourself as best you can and to look after your loved ones and lift up those in your own community. Um, Cause we're, you know, we're part of this like vast tapestry. And I guess that's a spiritual idea. You know, some people have to do psychedelics to really get a sense of that. Right. But I just kind of, I really feel it. And um, it's made me dedicated. It's made me dedicate my life to service and to helping people and to, doing the things that I do, you know, which everything that I do is ultimately about helping people. Well, they say that a true um, atheist doesn't lack faith. They just have a faith in different ideas. You know what I mean? (laughs) They they have faith in, you know, just their own willpower, whatever the case may be. But every single human being has faith in something because everyone has a concept or a belief or an experience around their connection to mm-hmm. things, you know? So I think that's actually quite a spiritual practice. I love that. Yeah. Although I'm, you know, like super, I see just God everywhere, you know, <laughs> but it probably is not much different than your experience. I just have a different way of naming it or contextualizing it. You know, it's like when I get a hug from someone, I'm like, thank you, God, that there's God expressing itself in day-to-day life. So Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. the, the difference is in language, basically. Yeah, it's it just is. like, it you is. know, we, our language colors the world and our reality and um you know what you call god i might call you know connection or or transcendence or flow or you know right. it's all it's all one yeah cool <laughs> man and what uh is going to be the biggest biohack of the next 5 years where do you see the future of this whole movement going oh man i think per- personalized medicine i think people moving away from you know the healthcare model where we 
we offload our our health responsibilities onto our healthcare practitioners. I think people are going to feel a sense of ownership over their health, and I think technology, in many ways, is helping to empower that. I uh, and you know that's already kind of being done in these circles, and the and the listeners of your podcast, obviously, like you know, thanks to people like you, we're all very empowered these days. But yeah, I mean, I I think I think the the power that we have over our destinies is going to become something that more and more of the disenfranchised are going to become aware of and whether it's through community gardening or you know grassroots education paradigms I don't know I mean my hope is that the next 5 years you know is sort of like a, ri- a rising of the tide that lifts all boats not awesome. just in the biohacking community but in the mainstream population at large love it dude where can people find you online, social media, etc.? Uh, at Max Lugavere on Instagram, the Genius Life Podcast, and um, my book Genius Foods. Pick up, pick up Genius Foods. Brad, and you guys can also go listen to uh, Max prior um, yeah. appearance, long form appearance on the Lifestyles Podcast, which came out maybe a year ago or so. That was one of my favorite chats. Really? Oh, yeah, great! It's great. Great, dude. Likewise. Well, thanks for coming on again. And what I was the it. cocktail that you made for me before we got rolling? You made this like mushroom coffee ghee. Oh concoction. yeah, yeah. Some sort of hot herbal fatty elixir. Yeah, yeah. One good. of those fatty chill out drinks. So good. Yeah, there's so many different variations of them, but I love to I love to make those for guests. And and it's funny because people come over for the podcast a lot when I record them at home, and I always offer them like, "Well, I'm going to make you the bomb drink," and everyone's like, "No, I'll just have spring water." <laughs> Like you're missing out, man. If you want to get opportunity. if you want to get primed to like uh, something that's tasty and really get you primed to record, and they're just like, no, I think they're being polite. <laughs> I might just make that a forced inoculation, <laughs> right? They walk in, I'm like, here, drink this. When you're done, then we record. So funny. Yeah, thanks for joining me, dude. You're the man. All right. What's your name and what do you do, man? So my name is Daniel Eisenman. And what do I do? It changes every day, but mostly aim to find out what I'm made of and to be to actualize the best version of that and to accurately report my uh, discoveries along the way to my friends and allies. That's great. That's kind of what I... That's, it's very similar to, I think, what I do. You know, is find means of healing, heal thyself, and then go, hey, guys, I found something cool that heals you. Try it out if you want. Yeah. We're on the same page. All right, cool. What current fad or scam in the health and wellness industry bothers you the most? Give me a give me a, a, a myth to bust. Well, I think it's mostly that people think what works for them is going to work for others and vice versa. So I think there's a huge seduction that I, if I find something that I get a lot of empowerment or enlightenment or illumination or health or vitality from, that I could be tempted to think that's going to work the same for everyone else. And it's not necessarily. So I think the, for me, your projection is not my placebo unless I want it to be. So distinguishing between what other people's projections and other people's personal experiences and still maybe experimenting with what they are, but keeping an open heart and a flexible mind and not getting attached to a dogma. And I think pharmaceutical companies, supplement companies, a lot of companies are experts at passing a belief on that they have something that works for everybody. I love it. Yeah. The problem reaction solution model. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. I love these questions, man, because everyone surprises me with their answers. <laughs> I thought, you know, sometimes I'm like, someone's going to say, oh, keto is a fad or paleo is a fad that I don't like or veganism or whatever. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Everything's a fad. Everything like just, even the same thing that works for me today might not work the same for me tomorrow. 
And that's especially true for others. Like if they think I'm doing something that's worked for me for months, it might never work for them the same way. And I think it's important to distinguish my experience versus others. Cool. Love it, dude. What are the three most toxic items in every home? Uh, Water, uh, the air, the the lack of fresh air, the water that's been treated, and uh, food that's out of season. Interesting. Why the food out of season? Uh, For me, I've found a lot of ease in following and being um, in harmony with the patterns of nature. So I think if food is out of season, it's most likely been preserved or treated or manipulated in a way. And most likely been shipped and bred in a way that's more about the the look of it, how easy it's shipped, how easy it's sold, rather than like the nutrient content. I, I think some people might be amazed at how much nutrients they can get from grabbing a weed off the crack of a street versus like the lettuce in the grocery store, if that makes sense. Yeah, There's an awesome book called at 100 from John Robbins, and he studies these long-lived cultures. And some of those cultures think it's taboo to eat greens that are not freshly picked. They think it's like bad for them. And I'm not disagreeing with That's them. That's cool. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Dr. Jack Cruz recently and he's a huge prof- proponent of eating um, locally and seasonally, not for any environmental reasons, but due to the fact that um, the alignment of the sun mm-hmm. and that your um, the light receptors in your eyes and your skin are in tune with wherever the sun is in your particular uh, place in the world at that moment and that the food responds to the sun and responds to your body. And if you're eating food that's not from where you are right there, it's confusing to your circadian rhythm, basically. I mean, I'm really butchering his philosophy on this, but the way he explains it, I'm like, shit, that makes a lot of sense. I wish I could do it justice, I guess. Go back and listen to the podcast with Jack Cruz, folks. Yeah, I think that's good wisdom. And I do want to add one thing. The number one thing is the unaddressed elephant in the room. That's the most toxic thing in people's houses. So if it's some sort of psychologically emotional, psychological, spiritual, some sort of elephant in the room, if it's between the spouses or the family members or even with oneself, something that's not being addressed, that's going to be the elephant in the room. Love it, dude. And the toxic environment. If you could only take one supplement for the rest of your life, what would it be? One exogenous nutrient you know, smart drugs, superfood, whatever, that you, something you would buy in a health food store and like everything else just disappeared off the planet and you could have a supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Coffee. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> Me too. I was looking at your Bulletproof <laughs> coffee right there. I'm like, oh God. I, and I already had one this morning, but it was kind of weak. The lifeblood of champions, black uh, gold, man. <laughs> I agree. Uh, what's your number one free biohack? A lot of the stuff that we see at a conference like this is thousands of dollars. Um, I just had someone DM me on Instagram last night with a very hateful message that I was an elitist and that all of these people are a bunch of rich white people. And you know this is not fair because not everyone can afford that and all this kind of stuff. My response to people like that is always, well, I don't want to blow what yours might be, but I'm like, dude, you don't need any of this stuff if you just live in alignment with nature and there's multiple ways to do that. So what's your number one free biohack? Uh, breathing. Breathing on purpose and breathing deeply, breathing shallowly, breathing in all, like finding the spectrum of breath and realizing that oxygen and air is an exogenous substance. And how can I get the most out of what I need the most for this human body to survive? The, the one thing that we go the least amount of time with, that we can go the least amount of time with is not water or food, it's air. So what if I supercharge myself with air every day? And that can just get deeper and deeper. I can start doing like a lot of breathing or a lot of breath work in a very oxygen-rich environment, like on top of a mountain. So awesome. I think to getting in tune with the remote control of the brain and 
plugging back into the source by realizing the power of our breath. Awesome, dude. I love it. And thanks for the reminder because sometimes when I'm doing these interviews, I'm a little bit tense because I want it to go well and I'm being very thoughtful and conscious about the whole piece of content. And I'll find myself holding my breath like for five minutes. So when you said that, I was like, okay, he's talking for at least another 20 seconds. I've got room for one really deep breath. So thanks for the reminder. For sure. What's the most nut- single most nutrient dense food on the planet or for your body? I would say uh, different fungi, different mushroom friends. I, I've had like, I can't, I'm amazed by this thing that grows from the ground and taking a nibble of it or a bite of it and how much I get activated and how many things I wasn't being as aware of before. It feels like a real like enrichment to my consciousness beyond even food, if that makes sense. So that's the cool. variety of mushrooms that are available for us, um, probably that's my answer for now. Awesome. I love that. What's one piece of advice you'd give a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? The, to focus on the vibrancy and to realize that... Even someone as Jesus, who may be the most impactful man, arguably, maybe he was more than a man, was really known for like one moment or a few moments of his life. And I think it's important for people to realize like no matter what they're going through, it might all be preparing them for this one moment that forever creates a huge upgraded ripple in humanity forever. And to like stick with the path, keep keep going, keep flowing, realize that everything is changing forever. And that most suffering probably comes from trying to recreate an experience that's happened before or avoid an experience that's happened before, but no experience happens more than once. So enjoy the ride, my friend. I love that. <laughs> Where were you when I was 23? <laughs> Who's been your favorite speaker here at the conference so far and why? Uh, Naveen Jain. And because uh, I have some rapport built with him before and I came yeah. in a way here, my, one of my main objectives here was to interview him for the Breaking Room podcast and I just did that. So I'm biased, but I think he is a master of communicating a vision that 99% of the people wouldn't allow themselves to consider. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm interviewing him this afternoon too. Nice, yeah, nice. He's, just, he's one of those people that just has this, um, speaking of vibrancy, but he just has this magnetic energy. It's just, it's, what do you call it? Pal- palpable? Is that yeah, the word? I, was gonna I say like pal- that word. I was going to say palatable, but that's like cheese or wine palpable. or something. <laughs> palpable. Yeah. I mean, you just get around him and he just exudes like high energy and happiness. He's just, he's one of those dudes you're like, he figured the shit out. You know, he figured out how to master his own perspective and emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I imagine he's not like, Working out really hard, taking a bunch of supplements. He's just like a dude that figured out how to be happy. So I'm going to interview him about that. And it seems like he's demasked himself. I don't see him showing up in such a different way in different environments, but more grounded in his like sovereignty. And that's, I think, alludes to what you're saying as well. That's maybe the key to his happiness in a way. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you had a chance to to interview him too. Maybe I'll get some pointers from you on (laughs) what would be a good direction to go with him. If you could uh, take advice from one health expert and one health expert only for the rest of your life? Like if you had one go-to that you're getting information from, who would that be? I'll answer Kelly Slater. Uh, Interesting. The, the, arguably the best surfer in the world. And um, yeah, I, I, I just imagine I, I'm very, I have a lot of history and experiences with surfing that I 
barely, I don't know how to empathize with other unless they've surfed more or in more intense waves. How do you handle or manage negative emotions in your day-to-day life? Uh, partly like recontextualizing what negative means. I feel like uh, culturally in the communication that we're coming out of, there's been a lot of memes built around negativity, the devil, darkness, evil. And I'd rather look at it as like a hurricane. And the, maybe the center of the hurricane, the eye of the storm is my centeredness. And to look at the rest of just energy, just that's more amplified energy rather than negative or positive. Um, so rather than thinking I'm f- afraid, maybe I'm excited. Rather than thinking I'm nervous, maybe I'm excited. Maybe rather than thinking I'm, I'm depressed, maybe I'm excited. Maybe I'm, I'm looking to get excited. So uh, just more like check engine lights. So what I think what most people perceive as negativity, I perceive as like, this is a check engine light, metaphorically. So do something differently. That's awesome. Yeah. God, that's so cool. I love that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a duality in like, oh my God, this is a bad feeling. Oh, this is a good feeling. Yeah, I think a lot of people look at it as like a graph, like the X, Y axis and like positive, negative. I, I think it's more of like a circular spiral um, and the culture has set it up to demonize certain emotions that people avoid that kind of keeps them disempowered. And I think it's good to get afraid, good to get, good to experience, good to recontextualize negativity. That's an alchemist. Awesome, dude. I love that. How can someone be health conscious without becoming too controlling and neurotic about it? Uh, to have the faith that like every choice they're making is the best for themselves. But even if someone's been doing something for a very long time that they think is bad for them or a habit or something that they're trying to kick, to like not be so hard on yourself. Maybe you're having an experience. This is part of your process and it's very important for you to experience it rather than thinking you're doing something wrong. Awesome. So in other words, like don't beat yourself up if you have a moment and you stop by McDonald's and have an apple pie. Yeah, whatever it is. I I haven't done that in a long time. I'm thinking of the last thing I did. that It was probably like eight years ago. I was on my way to Palm Springs and I saw the big M and I just thought, apple pie, got to have it. And then beat myself up on the rest of the trip. Like, dude, you just ate McDonald's. You're supposed to be this health guy, da, da, da. And, you know, and then I saw that story and I had to kind of unravel that story and go, dude, we're all going to check out eventually. Like, <laughs> you can't be perfect. Trying to be perfect for me makes me kind of more, you know, nervous and kind of gives me anxiety trying to control it too much. So I'm always trying to find that balance. So yeah, and imagine without you eating that apple pie, you may have never had that breakthrough. So look how good that apple pie was there for you. There you go. There you go. I love that. Thank you. Life makes sense and backwards. So it's good to remember a future and like reverse engineer that rather than thinking that we're a victim. Like we're victors by the way we perceive reality. Dope. I love that. <laughs> Do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, I think everything is spiritual. I think this is a spiritual practice. I think we're praying right now. You know, we're shared, where two or more are gathered, there is the creator. And uh, I think we're communicating with the creator right now. So I, I, I think it's funny. And I think probably one of the reasons JP is one of my best friends is this, how he makes fun of spirituality in a way, because what's not spiritual? I don't know what's not spiritual. That's so great that you say that because on the way over here, I was thinking about these questions and I thought, I'm waiting for someone to not compartmentalize like a spiritual practice. It's kind of a trick question in other words because I want to, you know, not to put down someone that says, oh, I pray at five o'clock every morning or whatever. Like it's like to me, it's great if anyone has any um, sort of tune in that is working for them. But yeah, my thing, I was driving over here going, oh yeah, this is my spiritual practice is driving to this conference 
being in the car and just staying present in the moment for whatever comes up. That's my connection to my higher power. And it's got to be everything or it's nothing. You know, so I was kind of waiting for that and you just nailed it. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for reminding me in the audience that it's all yoga, you know? I, I also mean, like, if it's a strategy, I like to combine what I believe to be unconditional love and radical honesty. That seems to serve me very well when I'm spiritually communing with other people. That's great. Yeah, radical honesty is a good practice. <laughs> as long as you're around people that can handle it. <laughs> Some people don't want honesty. They want to keep and then and the question becomes, can I handle myself being honest even though I'm perceiving them not to be able right. to handle it? Right. Rather than saying they can't handle it. That's another perspective. <laughs> That's great, man. What's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? Where do you see the future of health and wellness going? Mm, I think it's going to be like silly. It's going to be f- funny. They're like, oh my gosh, all these things that we're doing is reminding us the power of like breathing, sleeping, uh, loving, the, the sunlight, oxygen, good water. It's like, it's going to, I think it's going to all go back to the basics. It seems like a big game of hide and seek. So the more advanced the technology gets, it seems as the more easy it is to remember what really works, like breathing. That's great. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. We're going to put a lot of companies out of business. Though. <laughs> a lot of people selling really great you know, products that you don't need if you could do all of those things. You know, it's funny though, I notice mm-hmm. is a lot of people don't want to do the things that you just described. A lot of people really want the shiny machine or they want the expensive supplement. And um, I'm always trying to explain to people like that stuff's great and I use all that stuff and I love it. But I, I, I kind of know in my heart I wouldn't need any of it if I lived out in the country or the mountains and was just in tune with nature and was just outside all the time, crushing it, climbing trees, doing my thing. You probably would be super healthy and happy, you know? Mm. But I live in the middle of the city, so I kind of have to counterbalance that with some of the things that aren't quote-unquote natural. And it's probably important for you to live there and see the contrast. So maybe that'll, once again, a breakthrough idea that can help everyone. And I think that's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. So thank you for doing it. For sure, man. And finally, where can people find you uh, online and social media? Cool. So I have a Facebook page, Daniel Eisenman, The Freedom Catalyst, and an Instagram, Daniel Eisenman. Um, And then if someone just wanted to find the hub of everything, breakingnormal.com. Breakingnormal.com. And and why do you call it breakingnormal.com and what do you do? I've seen you doing retreats and all kinds of experiential Mm -hmm. things with groups of people. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for the last decade or so, I've been procuring and facilitating retreat type of experiences to about designing the strongest tribe as fast as possible through like health by having a health practice through honesty and diving into heart sync rather than group think. So we literally will create many fun, comfortable scenarios where leaders will disagree about like God, sex, or money, like these things that usually disconnect people. Make that happen and then sh- show a new way of communicating about that. And these things that we disagree about are actually our opportunities to team up even more rather than disengage or rather than disconnect or rather than to try to do it by itself. So it's a lot about getting team or t- uh, leaders to team up beyond agreement. And with that, it seems like a lot of people finally show up where they break the addiction of seeking approval from others and start coming from a place of authenticity. And that's why like JP Sears did his first comedy show, I'd say at our, our first tribe design. And, and a lot of things like that have happened. Like people finally show up in their genius and forget about what the other people's responses because they're doing it because it's what lights their heart up. So a lot of about other retreats are about creating experiences to step for people to step into their power, regardless of the environment. That's kind of like awesome. why I was judging Naveen to be like that somehow he's removed many masks yeah. where it doesn't seem like he's 
dulling his imagination to guess how to behave so other people like him, but instead he's behaving how he thinks is best. And then that's what is really getting people to adore him and inspired by him and love him. Isn't that interesting how, and I've discovered this in the past couple of years doing this podcast and kind of being just making myself a more public figure in general is that as I've become more open and vulnerable on a public platform like this, the things that I express or share that my ego is most afraid of having people see out of fear of rejection or being ostracized or losing that approval, approval are the very things that actually draw people nearer to me and create more of a charisma. It's really weird. Like the more kind of, you know, and I try to have some boundaries and be tactful. I'm probably not that great at being tactful a lot of the time, but things I share about past trauma, abuse, things I'm working through, just being super real and, and as you said, radically on, honest. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to be rejected by the world and everyone's going to hate me and think I'm a weirdo. The weirder I get, the more people like me. You know, it's such a, it's a cosmic joke of, Kind of like everything your ego thinks it's doing to protect you is actually keeping you closed off, walled off, and unable to actually give and receive unconditional love. And that realness and vulnerability that, you know, a guy like Naveen has, you said, where he wears one face for everyone and gives zero fucks about it, um, actually makes him more enigmatic and appealing to people. When you don't need approval, everyone approves you. I guess that's what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah, I've definitely like said that at retreats and realized that it seems like the less I care what other people think, meaning that I'm not letting their projections or thoughts dictate my behavior, the yeah. more they care what I think. Right. How that, <laughs> that's so cool. How does that work? That's cool. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. That's so like, wow, great. I doesn't care what I think. I really care what he thinks. It's yeah. It seems like how it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a... I mean, this this isn't the purpose of it, but it's like you can kind of alpha someone in a sense. You know what I mean? Where like it's a one-upmanship, unintentional, of course, but where you're the one that's like that people-pleasing, needy, approval-seeking person. And then you start to get some self-worth, self-esteem, lose the addiction, as you said, to that approval. And then all of a sudden they're like wanting to like, they're wanting you to like them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird thing. I've noticed that it's a social phenomenon. And it's, it's also it's just so many layers of the paradox because I do care, but I don't necessarily yeah. let that dictate my truth, that what they care about. Sure. And that seems to make people more caring. And uh, wow, it's awesome. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. God, I wish we had longer. There's so many directions like to go. We'll have to do a longer form conversation. We'll see if we can point. get you on the Breaking the Rule podcast yeah, sure. and dive in. So. Well, thanks for spending time with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank it's you, great Luke. to get to know you, dude. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. I'd like to remind you to get over to lukestory.com forward slash store. That's where you're going to find a collection of links to every single product that I recommend to keep yourself young and healthy. So whether it be a supplement to help you sleep, whether it's some biohacking technology blue blocking glasses, blue blocking light, every single herb you could ever want to know about under the sun. It's all at lukestory.com forward slash store. I've gotten so many requests over the past couple of years for my top picks. I just decided to put them all in one place. So at lukestory.com forward slash store, you will find links and in many cases, really sweet discount codes on every single product that I've ever tried and still believe in or even products that I'm still using to this day. So get over to lukestory.com forward slash store. Do your shopping there. You're going to save yourself a lot of hours of arduous research. I've done the work for you. I've vetted every single thing on the site. 
And I believe it is the best of the best, the cream of the crop. So get over there and check it out. It's a great way to save yourself some time and money and also a great way to support the podcast. That's lukestory.com forward slash store. And now back to the interview. So who are you and what do you do? My name is Mia Magic and I am a soul hacker. So I help people come into contact with their deepest truth and expression and magic through ancient wisdom integrated with modern techniques and all different types of healing modalities. And yeah, lots of Tantra and pleasure and radical self-expression. And I just like to teach people, help people see that the, the magic is real. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. It sounds like a good life mission. It's so fun. Kudos on figuring that one out. Well, I mean, it's a process. Well, I know, but many people are doing things that um, you know aren't necessarily fulfilling. It sounds like what you're doing is... Oh my God. It's so fun. <laughs> you have the spark in your eye that tells me you love what you do, which is awesome. Yeah, I do. All right. So what current myth, fad, or scam in the health and wellness industry bugs you the most? Ooh, for me, that would be the necessity for pharmaceutical medication. It's just like ridiculous. I was I was in an accident when I was 16 and I was put on antidepressants and really it just numbed me and it just made me not feel anything. And when I learned all the different techniques that were possible, breathing, even just emotional regulation, making choices in how you choose to respond to something instead of just reacting or just being in that numb state, there's so much that you can do to regulate your chemistry and your hormonal balance or imbalance and create happiness and do all of the things that like pharmaceutical drugs are doing or that people think that they need them to do without them. So that that's a huge myth that just drives me insane. When people are like, oh, I need my antidepressants. I'm like, no, you don't. Awesome. I Try love that. Try meditating. What? Try doing exercise. <laughs> Try doing breath work. Uh, or an ice bath, right? Yeah. I'm oh, like, I'm if, like... I, if I ever am a little depressed or have anxiety, I put myself in a you know, 40 degrees tub for a good 10 minutes. And not that the problem, you know, the external problem yeah. has necessarily gone away, but my fight or flight reaction to the perceived for problem sure. goes down by like 80%. I'm like a five minute and a 36 degree. So maybe I should <laughs> bump it up to 40 and do 10 minutes. Woo! Yeah. Well, I have a friend that says that the optimal uh, temperature for an ice bath is between 50 and 55 for 20 to 30 minutes. And I'm just like, that doesn't feel cold enough. That's mm. not doing anything. That's like a swimming pool. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I'm just... You go to the ocean and do that. Yeah, I just... I feel like I need to kind of feel it more in an ice bath. Anyway, I digress. What <laughs> are the three most toxic items present in every home? Three most toxic items present in every home. Um, shame. I think shame is one of them. I think people have a lot of shame inside their minds. If our, if our body is the, the home of our mind and our spirit... We shame ourselves for feeling angry. We shame ourselves for wanting to cry. We shame ourselves for having sexual desires. We shame ourselves for all of this bullshit that's, that's natural, innate aspects of our, of our beingness and of our humanity. So um, that's super toxic. <laughs> I know that's probably not what you were looking for. No, I but... love that. That's great. I actually am looking for that. I've been waiting for someone to throw me a curveball and say yeah. something like that. You know? yeah, so that's... It's usually like, Fluoride in your toothpaste, which is true, you know. Yeah, but sometimes totally. it's sometimes it's a you know more on on the macro um, level, and sometimes more micro. So I like you going more globally as the human experience because 
I would agree. In my life, trauma and shame have been my nemesis. I mean, that's the root of all yeah. problems I've ever had, period. Yeah, same. And then the coping mechanisms that come when you don't know how to deal with that trauma and shame. Yeah, that that's what... Especially, I, I started my business working primarily with women and I've started working with men a lot recently because I had so much shame of my own, shame about my anger. My mom never understood why I had all this rage. She just doesn't carry that in her. And I had rage even as a little girl. And so I was super shamed for the depth of my emotion. And that caused so many negative stories about just who I am, just being who I am. And so um, shame, I think, is super toxic. That exists in our homes and in our minds. And the second thing, which I also struggle with, is judgment. We judge good or bad, you know, wrong or right, evil or, or not. And really, if it all just comes from one source, we have a choice how we relate to everything around us. And if we want to serve the darkness, we can. You can be Voldemort if that's what you want to do. Or you can like rise up and serve the light. And so especially when we shame or judge our anger, that's what that's what creates the toxin. That's what like builds all the stress. And then the anger just like gets denser and harder and deeper and more stuck and fuck that, pardon my French, but you know, that's just, that's what's toxifying us. That's what's causing all the disease. That's what's doing all the bad things from my perspective. Bad. There it goes. Judgment. Um, and the third thing I would say is like separation, really. Separation from self, from other, from the earth. That's like, we are, this is our home. This is home. You're home. I'm home. The earth is home. And we, you know, sit in boxes. I, I, use this analogy with one of my clients, our heart, if our heart is the air, like it's you go up in elements from the chakras, the root is the earth, the hata or the womb is the water, the solar plexus is the fire, the heart is the air, it's the breath. And so air is everywhere. It's like unconditional love. The universe is made of love. And then we put up these walls and blocks and buildings and and shut ourselves inside of things and we separate. This is your house. This is my house. This is my country. This is your country. This is this boundary. And really, we're all just part of this incredibly beautiful, you know, I think it's intended to be symbiotic and synergistic organism that is this living, breathing planet we're upon. And if we could just recognize that we're all one and that we come from the same source, I think there would be so much more harmony and joy and happiness in our lives. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's great. Yeah. Unexpected and great answer. Love <laughs> yeah. it. That's why I love doing these lightning rounds because I'm like, here goes, they're going to say tap water or blue light or whatever. And then it's like, <laughs> no, let's just go completely inner journey. Yeah. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if you're going to be able to get out of this one okay. as easily or you know, <laughs> okay. yeah. divert to okay. your own version uh-huh. of it. Um, hey, it, I said big pharma first. So no, like, it's all I, good. I, I, no, <laughs> it's, hey, no judgment, no yeah, shame. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, if you know, here we are at the the biohacking yeah. conference, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a bunch of people slanging <laughs> supplements. Yeah, I am a huge fan of nature as the ultimate supplement, yeah. but I do like Same. to take some pills and powders, man. I mean, let's face it. Um, <laughs> This, Dude, I was lit on peptides yesterday. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, like our environment has been wreaking havoc on us if yeah. we were born in the last two hundred years. Yeah. You know, so like I don't know if you can just use nature alone um, if you've been harmed as much as many of us have. So if you could only have one supplement, one pill, powder, herb, whatever it is for the rest of your life, I'm going to come to your house and just empty out your vitamin cabinet, presuming you have one, and you get a bottle of one thing delivered every thirty days for the rest of your life. What would that one thing be? I mean, I can't avoid this. Like if it's every day, I, I, then I would choose nature. Lay on the earth, get outside, hug a tree, climb it, 
talk to it, listen to the birds. Feel I, I honestly, there isn't something that I take every day. But man, if I don't get outside, if I don't feel the sun on my face, I mean, vitamin D's, you can access it naturally at any time. Um, bare feet on the ground. I'm a pretty like, wild nature-based human. I'm from the Redwoods. So when I go and hug a 3,000-year-old being and quiet my mind and connect my heart to it enough to hear what it says... And I get it. That's hippie shit. Totally. Whatever. But before we built these walls, that's how we lived. And we didn't need supplements a few hundred years ago and certainly not for the entirety of human evolution before we even like created plastic bottles to put pills into. So... Um, if I was going to choose one thing, it'd probably be like one of the immortal dragon herbs. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. But Love I it. like nature. Yeah, like I do too. Trees. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> sunshine. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Breath, sunshine, yeah. sunlight. I, I get a lot of flack sometimes from listeners that, you know, well, I always tell them you got to look into your scarcity mentality first, but they're like, well, that's cool, but I can't afford these supplements and these biohacking technologies. I'm like, you don't need to. Yeah. And I tell them, you know, you got to get out naked in the sun, do ice baths. And they're like, I but I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Like, people don't want to do yeah. the stuff that works, which yeah. is really lifestyle based. You yeah. know, and getting undomesticated, as you said, you know, rewilding yourself and becoming incorporated back into our mother earth. Yeah. I, so they're, I, they're, that's great advice. We have, you know, so much rainfall here in LA for the first time in years. And there's all these waterfalls. And I went hiking in Topanga and this creek that's been dry for the entire seven years that I've been here has water running through it. And there was a waterfall. And I was like, I'm going to get naked and jump in there. And it was Absolutely. like three feet deep, but I just laid and let myself float yeah. for a minute. And it was magic. It's all you need. She gives us everything. So that brings us to the next one. What's your number one free biohack? What's one of the, you know, if you had to pick one powerful practice that doesn't require money, what would it be to stay physically healthy? Physically healthy, more yeah. so than like yeah, mentally, yeah. emotionally, or spiritually. Yeah. Free. I mean, does everybody say breath work? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's okay. I want to be. I want to be more <laughs> original than that. Um, well, I think that then for me, what it would be is more like using all of the different pieces and parts of your soul and your body for deeper inquiry. Even if it's like, okay, I'm going to look at this. I have this pain or this trigger, or this thing that I don't like that I'm putting judgment against. I'm going to look at why. If this is all a reflection, if we go to the quantum perspective and this is a hologram and I'm creating all of this, what, you know, like even today, I got stuck in the LA marathon traffic trying to get here to make it to the magic of human connection. And I'm like, fucking so angry, like trying to get to this beautiful intimacy workshop, you know? <laughs> and I breathed and I yelled and I also looked at, like, okay, I'm feeling trapped. And so, that's like the ultimate... And as a coach, like this is the biohack that I use with people is like getting to the root of where the belief system is that like this is bad or you're creating this victim story. And from there, using somatic techniques like movement, like pressure, like breath, like visualization to see like, okay, well, this feels like this stuck, sticky black tar inside of myself. Okay, what does the black tar want? How can you transmute that? How can you bring light to it? And... I mean, you know, that's generally something you can do with a facilitator more often than than on your own without having much practice. But man, just to figure out and navigate a roadmap through your own consciousness is that's the ultimate biohack. And it takes practice and years of work. You know, I've been doing it for a decade and I'm still like getting angry at the traffic. But 
Um, that's, that's the free, that's the magic. So we all have it. If we're only using 10% of our brains, why not try and bump that number up and use 11 or 12 or 20% and clear the blocks so that you have access to more of your power? Awesome. Thank you for that. I had a similar experience. I saw the marathon, but it, I was parallel to it on my way over here. <laughs> Bless you. But I was running a little late and I was coming down Laurel Canyon um, where I just moved. And um, I just moved from Mount Olympus. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Cool. So there was one of the, the road worker yeah, trucks in front of me and there was a line of cones going all the way from Kirkwood where the country yeah. store is, which is my street. Um, which I just told all the listeners where I live. Don't, yeah. don't be don't be weirdos. Um, but I was I was coming down from Kirkwood, and I'm like, oh, I'm in a hurry. And the truck's doing that thing where the guy jumps out and picks up the cones oh, yeah. and throws them in the truck. And I looked at that for a minute, and I was like, hmm, do I want to be that guy? And I was like, yeah, I want to be that guy. And I just threw it into power speed turbo gear, or whatever. And I was like, win! I just went around the truck. <laughs> They're fucking honking at me. They're super pissed. And I'm just like, I know. I'm I, I'm a dick. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. I just I know that I don't have to wait. It's just it's not logical to wait. Because I know I have a sense that the road's open and my intuition was right. There was no blockage. They just wanted everyone to wait. And that's yeah. why they're doing things. And so I didn't actually get pissed. The reaction I had to work on was the guilt about mm. like being that guy mm. and judging myself. Yeah. Like you were just such a dick right now. And I'm just like, no, I, I think I'm actually just more clever than some of the other drivers that are sitting there having... Uh, taking initiative. Having the, you know, the DWP guys or whatever be authority over them and they're afraid to yeah. like break the rules. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who's making rules? Some guy picking up cones? He's not the fucking police. If the police catch me doing that and they want to pull me over, cool. I'll take the ticket. And so anyway, that was my process today. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what, in your opinion, is the most... Opinion or personal subjective experience, what is the most nutrient-dense food on the planet? What's like the most bomb-ass food to give you energy, power, health, vitality? Oh, man. People hate this one. I love seeing the squirm. Yeah, I'm squirming. I mean... Because uh, this one, you can't go esoteric. It has to no, be a I'm food. No, I'm not, I'm not going esoteric. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I, I just like... I'm such a simple eater. Like I... So, okay. Is there like nutrient-dense... Oh man, you want me to be concise and now I'm like running through everything I've ever eaten in my life. What's a power food for you? You know, what's your go-to when you're like, okay, I need like the the chronic food that's going to really give me some energy here. I mean, I just go to Erewhon and get like buffalo cauliflower and eat a fucking avocado and some mac and cheese. <laughs> but, <laughs> the gluten-free mac and cheese? Yeah. AKA the heroin yeah, of Erewhon? Exactly. Oh yeah, my yeah, exactly. God. No, but maybe I would say avocados. I mean, that's really... Yeah. Like I can put anything on them. Sometimes I go like the almond butter route. I'm a big fan of like making a super lit avocado toast. Um, I love like smashing them into my greens and making them into dressing. And so that then there's like heaviness or like, you know, not uh, not heaviness, but density to to greens and, and salads and things. But like probably for me over even avocados would be sweet potatoes. I eat them all cool. the time. Cool. Yeah. I love it. That's my answer. Those are great. I can put butter and salt on anything. So like whatever I can put butter and salt on pretty yeah. much. Thank you for reminding me about avocados too, because sometimes I just eat them plain and they lose their umph, you know, and I forget you can make like a great cacao pudding out of avocados. Like yeah. there's really cool stuff you can do with those little fatty devils. One of the most magical experiences I ever had was climbing an avocado tree at the depths of the Nepali coast in Kauai. And I'd been out there for a week and I climbed this avocado tree and I was like 
you know, knocking them down with sticks at first. And then I was like, fuck it. I got to get it with my real hands. And I like climbed out the edge of this branch. There was only one I could really reach. I had my foot like hooked across the edge of this thing and like reached so far and grabbed this avocado. And as soon as I got it into my hands, I just wept that like, that's how we used to get our food instead of buying it in bags at Trader Joe's. And I like cried and I promised the avocado I would always appreciate them. (laughs) Nice. That's great. Well, I think we found your food then. What's one piece of advice you'd give a young person under 25 who wants to live a young, a long and vibrant life? So, you know, for the kids, throw a bone to the kids. Magic is real. How do we rock it? Magic is real. Don't believe the bullshit that unhappy people tell you. If you are going to take advice from someone, make sure it's someone who you can see has success in not just business or finance, but who's happy, who has powerful and positive relationships, who feels grounded and is existing in harmony with the earth, with other people, is being of service in some way to our evolution and to the empowerment of humankind. Um, Don't get caught in the societal story that you need stuff to be happy the aspirational lifestyle is so focused on material at this point. If you can shift your aspirations to spiritual in whatever that way that means for you, whether, you know, God is, is your thing or the universe or love or light or kindness or whatever it is, man, if you can focus on finding happiness and joy and what gives you pleasure and what makes you feel purposeful and alive and how you want to have an impact on the planet, what the legacy and the mission is that, you, that you're here to fulfill and to leave on this planet, there's just so much more freedom and so much more power. And magic is real. You are far more powerful than anyone has told you and you get to be that if you choose. And that's why my favorite biohack is like finding your way through your own consciousness because then you can actualize and utilize all kinds of super natural abilities. Dope. Yeah. Who's been your favorite speaker at the conference so far and why? Um, okay. So, well, this I'm going to make this esoteric too. So Dr. Barry, Energy for Success. I'm interviewing him in a couple hours. I'm so excited. Okay. I want to like come over here and stalk him for that. I've been trying to like find come him. Come hang again. out. Okay. I'm going to. So come be our, our, our um, studio man. audience. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Dr. Barry did a lot. I've been working with Qigong lately. I learned how to break bricks with my bare hands last weekend, just channeling energy, um, which is another reason why I'm super hyped on the fact that magic is real because I literally experienced it. I hit the brick with a baseball bat and it didn't break. And then I charged myself with chi and hit it with my hand and I broke it in half. I still have it with me. And just remind myself. And um, so Dr. Barry, I did Dr. Mark's breathwork on Thursday. That was epic. And then Dr. Barry just did these like Qigong exercises with us, just really simple movements. But what was super impactful for me is that he his program is called Dragon Tiger. And I everyone calls me the Dragon Queen. I feel very connected to that Khaleesi-style dragon energy. Even if you just take dragons as a metaphorical thing that we've been told are bad or wrong or that we should fear, they're actually this incredibly powerful thing that you can learn to ride. And so I like to do like slay your dragons, like S-L-E-I-G-H. You can ride them <laughs> nice, like Santa nice. kind of slay. And his his program is called Dragon Tiger. And, and dragons are what I just feel like I am. I have this lots of power, lots of ferocity, but also this fierce sort of magical feminine energy. And dragons just seem like the the magical knights of the of the earth, the protectors of the goddess. 
And then tigers are always my spirit animal and favorite animal. I had carried a little tiger named Rainbow around with me every day for like six years as a child. And so just seeing things like that where you're so in the right place at the right time. I've never heard anyone use dragon tiger as a single entity before and that it's these practices that are having a profound impact on my life and my capacity to believe in in power, not only within myself, but in its existence in reality in general, was just so like, oh my God, I'm here and this is right. And it's okay to believe in more than I was told to believe in before. And I'm being guided and led to to more and better and bigger and deeper and farther and grander. And that was just a super beautiful uh, like signpost and symbol for me. Like, yeah, you can be a dragon. And my friends, like, they're like, oh, you're like a dragon tiger. And then this guy is saying that, like, it's a totally That's normal wild. thing. Yeah. Wow. So that was dope for me. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cause I missed his talk, but I'm going to get a, you know. You, you a, probably already know the things and it was like basic energy movements, but mm-hmm. like, that's the point is his stuff that he like gives yeah. to Tony and all of these big yeah. people is the actual movements. And right. I'm actually going to Thailand to study at a Shaolin temple and do Qigong and Kung Fu for the summer wow. for three months. You know, so. it's funny. I've actually not really played much with Qigong. I've been doing Kundalini yoga for a number of years and Mm. that's kind of been my, you know, ability to move and cultivate, harness, express energy has been in those ways. Um, But I don't know much about this. So I'm looking forward to learning more from him today. It's a lot of similar practices. Mm -hmm. It's just weird. It's just weird. Like you move your fingers, arms, body, breathe in a certain way, make some sounds and shit changes. You know, it's just... Human beings have figured out how to do that over the the eons. And so um, it's it's interesting to see how it's trickled down in different places on earth through different cultures. And then essentially, you know, the nuts and bolts of it might be different, but the end result's generally the same, right? You're just like, wow, I feel uplifted. All right. So if you had to have one health guru, like more so on the physical health, you know, like one health expert that tells you what to eat, how to live. um, If you had one person to, to follow advice from, who would that person be? You know, I might go with Dr. Barry. <laughs> he seems like he's got it figured out. And he's a medical doctor. So he would probably like know the... It's, I mean, when he showed this picture of the temple that he was living at, I mean, it's like dragons must live up there. It's just like this misty mountains with all these jungles. Um, but man, I'm such a like, take a little tidbit from everyone. This is a buffet of, yeah. you know, a smorgasbord of everything that you have access to. Um, but yeah, I... I mean, is it weird to say just my own intuition and the energy of the goddess and the earth? Kind of just, that's how I follow it. I breathe into my body, ask it what it needs. What does it want? What do I need to do? Is there anything wrong? Do I need to go somewhere? And when it tells me like, hey, like you should see a doctor about this or hey, you should go talk to someone about this or you should ask this question. I think that's part of getting rid of the blocks, right? And what even all of the actual biohacking tech, the you know brainwave, EEG, all the things, it's like how can you clear out the thoughts and the stuff that keeps you from being able to hear those messages of your own body's wisdom. I couldn't pick just one person, but like I am everything and everyone. So yeah. theoretically I have access to all of the knowledge and wisdom. Fair enough. <laughs> the, uh, in the ethers, it all exists. Exactly. <laughs> and how do you handle or manage negative, emo- negative emotions or um, painful feelings, et cetera, as they arise in your day-to-day life? 
Man, I've had a lot of crying. I've had a lot of shit go down with the with the masculine in my life this week. Like from every angle, clients, students, students, my dad, my lover, like just everything. So I cry a lot <laughs> and let that out. And when the masculine is capable of holding that, that's really powerful and really special. And what I do with a lot of clients and one of my main practices, especially like negative emotions, generally, I think a lot of us have like anger and and fear are um, what we would usually deem to be that. And I go out into the woods and I gather as many sticks as I can find. And then I find a place where I'm not going to kill too many plants or things, like hopefully just like a patch of dirt or like a dead tree or something. And I just go to town and I just hit and beat and scream and yell about whatever I'm angry about and until I literally can't lift my arms anymore, until I collapse and it moves all of the energy, it gets it all out. I feel like the earth can transmute those things and there's no shame. There's no judgment. There is not wrong. Like the stories will come up. You're crazy. Oh my God, if anyone could see you doing this, you're fucking insane, whatever. And when you can just keep moving through that and keep going and keep letting the energy out, man, you just feel so good. And so I hold that space for my male clients, even though a lot of the time like, they'll be afraid even to express that in front of me, like that I'm going to think they're bad or, um, you know, naughty boys or whatever. And, and women too, you know, with women, it, with almost everyone, like at the end, by the time I'm doing it, I'm not yelling at ex-boyfriends or my dad. Like I'm screaming about the plastic in the ocean and cutting down 6,000 year old trees and just, it doesn't matter. It's, but like, that's my way to deal with negative emotions. I love screaming. I love hitting things that aren't gonna, you know, actually be injured. Um, I love giving it permission. Like I, people call me a permissionary because... Like that's the message that I send. It's like, you have permission. You just have to like find the space where you feel safe to actually allow yourself to receive it. And man, going out into the woods and letting nature just hold you in in that anger and get it out. It's toxifying your body. Like get it out. That's that's my main way of dealing with negative emotions. Dope. Love it. <laughs> Go through it to get past it. Yeah. Gotta feel it to heal it, you know? How can someone be health conscious without becoming too neurotic and controlling about it? In other words, how do we have an awareness about the things that are bad for us, the things that are good for us, have a healthy lifestyle practice without becoming paranoid about everything around us hurting us and being too obsessive about it to the point of uh, neurosis or compulsion where you're having a deleterious effect of yeah. your interest in health <laughs> is backfired yeah. on you. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I mean, from my perspective, that would just be like, eat things that come straight from the earth. It's like, if it's plastic and packaged and boxed, and if there's more ingredient than ingredients than like beets, celery, carrot, like produce in that way. I mean, um, my dad's a hunter, so I grew up eating meat. I don't much anymore. I did eat some lamb chops here the other night because I was just so hungry. Those were bomb ass lamb those chops. I'm sorry. With the tzatziki, <laughs> yeah. I was like super into that. I was like, let me yeah. get another couple of those. Yeah, those were really good. I know, man. Yeah. And I'm like, more sauce. Um, but I yeah, it just feels to me like it doesn't even have to be paleo. It doesn't have to be keto, like whatever. You get to choose what feels right to you. But number one, what feels good? Number two, if you can actually look at like your reaction or your motivation, like I have a huge sweet tooth, like a heroin level sugar addiction. And so when I feel I'm, I'm off sugar now and when I feel that like, 
like I need something sweet. It's like, okay, what it, what do I actually want right now? Do I want to be held? Do I need to cry? Do I want to like go do something fun? Am I bored? Like what, what am I actually being motivated by that I think that sugar is going to give me? Am I looking for pleasure? Like, okay, well, go pleasure yourself, girl. You don't need sugar. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's super simple. Like, eat things that come straight from the earth and listen to your body. And and if you are really committed and you don't want to be obsessive, but you want to live a healthy lifestyle, then look at your motivation for health or lack thereof. Awesome. Do yeah. you have a spiritual practice in your life? And if so, what does that look like? Oh, man. I mean, isn't it all a spiritual practice? Like, that's kind of the point, right? Yeah, my... Like, being naked in nature as much as possible, um, connecting to... Like, a big part of what I do with women is that we've all been really deeply uh, programmed into believing that there's only this male aspect of God or creator when really everybody comes out of a pussy. So we're missing that mother goddess energy. And so just connecting with with her I, and and I say her in, in particular the personified or um, anthropomorphized version of that is is the planet herself is Mother Earth. Um, so yeah, like my relationship with her is my most profound spiritual practice. I forage for herbs and make tinctures with flowers and and just listen to what she tells me to do. So so my spiritual practice is mostly like that's the soul hacking aspect. Like what is in the way? What's in the way of my power? What's in the way of me loving myself? What's in the way of me connecting with other people? And yeah, I have a daily meditation and and yoga practice uh, and and breath work. And I go all the way in breath work. I'm like, if I need to scream and yell and cry, then I do that. And um, but everything to me is is spiritual practice. I do engage in a lot of tantra. I do sex magic and lots of pleasure rituals and and I do. Yeah, use herbs and and ritual itself is a huge part of my spiritual practice. Just creating an intentional setting for a ceremonial experience, whatever that looks like, even if it's just, oh, I'm going to set intentions for the next quarter for my business, or I'm going to release this karmic pattern or this way of being or this negative emotion. Like those, that anger experience that I told you about, that's, that's an anger ritual to me. I mean, I, when I was living in Australia, I laid under a thunderstorm and I'd never laid outside underneath it. I was just naked and let the most massive storm I've ever seen just pour down over me and lightning flashing across the sky and thunder sounding like the entire world was going to crash down on top of me. And I just laid underneath it and like let her cry her tears on me and cried tears of my own. And like that was one of the most powerful rituals I've ever engaged in. And it wasn't like burning sage and like setting the space, even though I love doing all of that too. But man, you could make anything into a ceremony and anything into a ritual. And I think creating the awareness that we have all these high, higher level spiritual gifts and powers is one of the greatest blessings of committing to awakening and, and becoming a more powerful human. I love it. <laughs> I could sit and listen to that all day long, Mia. Okay, I'll go all day, bro. <laughs> what's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? What do you see as the future of health? Like what? what's the cutting edge shit that's going to drop in the near future that's going to take us to the next level? So something that I was really fascinated by is, um, is that the 40 years to Zen thing that Dave is doing. Um, I think on the physical level, stem cells, like I, you know, I have a wrist that's fused. And so... 
I've known for the last few years that eventually there would be stem cells where like I can get my wrist regrown and I can cut this 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 part of the t- 10 inch titanium plate that's in my wrist. I can cut that out, have a new wrist put in because they can't remove the plate because the bones have grown over it. Um, but I can have a new wrist put in and then I can bend my wrist again. So on a physical level, I think that whatever's happening with stem cells, which I'm not super educated, I'll be perfectly honest, but I think that that's probably um, the biohack on the physical level. And I mean, they come from like moon blood and umbilical cords, like the yoni in the womb and the most powerful source of magic and the portal to the divine that exists within the feminine body. So, you know, I think that's pretty dope. And um, on a neurological level, the thing that the 40 years of Zen project is doing, like using um, neurofeedback and and whatever, really, I'm not 100% sure exactly what those things are doing, but having a person with you talking through things while your brain is literally being reprogrammed and going into a space where in five days you can, you know, I work with people for like three to six months. And if you can have that same powerful transformation and literally leave people with lasting, complete shift in their mindset, in in the way that their brain functions, I mean, that's some magical ass shit. It is. That, I've done it. The 40 okay. years of Zen. Yeah, cool. it's cool. Yeah. It's heavy stuff. It was a Did it few... have a really profound impact on you? It did, you know, but the fortunate and unfortunate thing is I do so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like never you know too, what the you know? thing so is. Yeah. I always, I want to make sure that I'm honest when I recommend something. It's like if I had just isolated all of the practices and just that year done that week-long 40 years of Zen neurofeedback... It would have been easier to quantify, but I was also doing Vedic meditation and Kundalini yoga and breath work and all the things. And so, what so did you, you take like an integrate? Did you take an integration time like a week afterwards to just like kind of let things sink in after doing not, it? Uh, you know, I don't remember, but okay. it's unlikely. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, it was in Sedona. Well, they had oh, it in cool. Sedona and Vancouver. Yeah. Um, now it's in Seattle because they separated from the kind of company they were yeah. partnered with, but. So I was in an Airbnb on the river and I was oh, by yeah, myself blessed. the yeah. whole time. And it was, it was fell in October on my birthday and I was just doing my Scorpio in the woods shit. So my integration <laughs> was kind of... I know about that. Was, you know, it was going on at the, at the same time. Actually, it was funny. I, I won't say I almost drowned, but I did put myself in a little danger because I did a cold plunge in the river early one morning before I went there. And uh, I had to climb down these rather steep rocks and kind of this little cliff to get in the water. And I got in there and submerged myself. And I just went into this altered state of just Mm. gratitude and Mm. beauty. And I just stayed in the water and I wasn't cold anymore. I began Mm. to tingle and become Mm. warm. And that thing that happens Mm. when you surrender to, Mm -hmm. to nature. And, um, and then I thought, shit, I've been in here for a while. I better get out. And I went to get out and I couldn't climb up the rocks because I was shivering and started to, you know, I was probably like pre-hypothermia or something. Mm. And it was one of those times I thought, hmm, better to have someone with you if you're going to do like a real long cold plunge where it requires, some, you know, I was fine. I just had to like really warm up. And I was like, oh, shit. But it was a little lesson. Anyway, um, 40 Years of Zen was amazing. Difficult to quantify exactly what it did. But I would say um, it contributed to my ability to be more observant and less reactive. Hmm. My pause button is holds for a longer time. When I'm triggered, my nervous system's like, threat, fuck. Uh, the ability to kind of step back and breathe through it and then respond appropriately, I think, was improved by that. Because what's happening in neurofeedback is your brain is, is observing your brain's um, reactions and your higher self is observing your brain observing itself. 
So your consciousness is there watching your brain play and interface with the technology, Hmm. which is the biofeedback part Mm -hmm. of it. But then you get to see, oh, wow, I just felt this subtle emotion. And then you see the reaction your brain's having with the technology and the feedback loop, hence the term neurofeedback, right? So you're seeing a feedback loop of your neurons and how they're behaving. And then you can sort of learn to direct that experience using your spiritual will. So it's like an active meditation almost. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. So it was dope. Definitely like a good one. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Because um, something I recommend to people, but it's like 15 grand. You know, that's the yeah. thing with some of these things. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, a lot. it's cool. But that's why I always say, what's the free biohack? Yeah, 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 and sure. honestly, most of the shit that really changes your life doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's like, just like you said, connection and love and yeah. these types of things that we take for granted. And we don't even realize are, are vacant from our life experience. So... Um, I know we're doing a yeah. lightning round, but can I ask you a question? Sure, yeah. So, this one's been a bit longer. Anyway, I'm like, this is becoming just a regular uh, episode of the Lifestyles Podcast. Know, so sorry, we'll see I'm how not, long. No, no, I'm it's not good great. With, with concise no, answers. It's, it's great. It's it's all it's all flow. It's wonderful. So, um, as someone who like does the kind of work that I do, I don't find a lot of men who can speak about their relationship to nature in the way that I just have continuously heard you express it. Where did that start? How did you really deeply allow the the healing medicine of nature to become something that you let yourself receive or like have reverence for and honor? I can hear your, you know, your devotion and worship oh, to it. Oh God, yeah. I mean, and it's funny because here we sit in the middle of the city and I've lived in the middle of LA for 30 years, wow. you know, but I'm a country boy. You know, I grew up in um, Sebastopol and Sonoma County. Okay, I'm um, from Humboldt. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned the Redwoods. I'm yeah. like, ding, ding, ding. I, yeah. I, I I get that. I lived in the country. I played with animals. I caught yeah. lizards. I yeah. swam in creeks. I dove after turtles, <laughs> you know, and, and then my dad's a Colorado mountain man, hunter, fisher, yeah, ro- rodeo star. Yeah. <laughs> cool. uh, and so, yeah, I grew, you know, I grew up between Colorado and California and cool. then Got sent to a boarding school in Idaho when I was 14 for two years. And you were naughty. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I was very naughty and um, <laughs> was performed somewhat. Um, and then, but I moved to LA when I was 19. And so, how I've, I think, survived and in some cases thrived in the city was keeping that connection yeah. that, okay, this is fine because there's opportunity here that there is not yeah. out in the woods yeah. or the desert. Um, but I've used the city as a way to mitigate the stress um, and get grounded again, you know, and especially I think after I got sober when I was 26, which was uh, 22 years ago. And um, in my early sobriety, I was really emotionally disturbed. You know, I had a lot of unresolved trauma and everything that I've been suppressing really since childhood through um, various forms of addiction, um, just kind of like sprung to the surface. And it was really hard to cope. And it was really hard to stay sober and being in nature and like you said, going out and getting naked in a waterfall or just swimming in the ocean and becoming grounded in those ways, drinking spring water, going to collecting my own spring water, um, you know, picking up any plants that I think wouldn't kill me and eating them, making my own chaga mushroom tea, like Mm. all this kind of stuff was the way that I think I initially started to calm my nervous system and stay connected, you know, and now, now it's the same thing. And that's, you know, it's really why I just moved to Laurel Canyon. I still do a lot of business stuff here. So I don't, I couldn't really go. I don't think at least well, I get, you can do anything. That's yeah. actually not true that I can't. I think I'm not willing yet yeah. um, to make a commitment to really live immersed in nature. So that's my first little step. But man, it's just, it is, like you said, it's the, <laughs> it's the vagina of the universe. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there is this universal healing, feminine, nurturing power that the planet has. And of course there's polarity and there's, there's the masculine in it too. But for me to find balance when I'm 
too much in my head and being too yang about yeah. things and out there kicking ass, conquering, getting work done, making content, you know, doing yeah. <laughs> the things. It's like, oh no, I just need to go receive and be enveloped in in those energies. And mm-hmm. also it has a lot to do with just the sun too. It's yeah. not only the water and the earth, but all of the elements and, yeah. and getting light. That's why I'm doing most of my interviews here outdoors, even though it's a bit louder out here than the conference rooms. It's just I need no, it's so much better. I need the radiation. I really yeah. do. I need that light. And um, you know, living in the artificial domesticated domiciles that we do, it's yeah. just like this is the antidote is being outdoors. It's almost that simple. So I'm a huge proponent of nature. And then even here at the conference, so many of the technologies are just amplifications yeah. of elements of nature. So all the red light therapy, what is that? It's just a spectrum of sunlight yeah. that we're concentrating and amplifying and that is a huge effect on you because not all of us can afford um, in our busy lives or we don't live in places yeah. that are close enough to the equator where we get sun. And so all of the biohacks that I really like, the, the magnetic fields, the PMF, the noble gases, the Tesla stuff, all that shit is really just harnessing the forces and powers of the cosmos and yeah. using the human mind to um, compartmentalize that and package that up in a way that you can use for, you know... Um, from a technological point of view, but it all comes from nature. So that's where it always ends up back to. Yep. And it's something I could, you know, go on forever because it's just, it's the answer to everything. Yeah. And it's the problem with everything is our disconnection from that, you know. And also, as you said, the connection and the community, that's the thing I think we're really missing. It's one of the things I've loved about Kundalini Yoga is, even though I'm not like, you know, I teach it here and there and stuff, and but I'm not even really immersed in that community yeah. per se. I know some people from class over the years. But when I'm in that room and we're all singing and chanting and there's yeah. that group intention, we're all doing breath work and breathing each other's air and the prana of the collective is activated. It's really powerful. And that takes place in the middle of the city in a building. But I think that's a huge part we're missing from our origins as hunter-gatherers and how we've evolved as groups of 50 or 60 people kind of roaming around and... yeah hunting and gathering as we go and loving and dancing and partying and taking psychedelics. And that's like how we got here. And that's, (laughs) you know, and that's kind of, it's a big part of what's missing. So taking friends into nature is one of the things I really enjoy. There's, you know, there's something to be said for the solo, but if I take someone that's really domesticated, I take a homie out and I'm like, take off your fucking clothes. We're going to get naked out in the sun, get barefoot, climb trees, do all those things. It's like, man, you can really transform someone's life just from reconnecting them to our ancestry and the lineage that we have um, through evolution as connected to nature and to the earth, water, air, sky, all that. Just giving someone spring water out of a spring for the first time is a spiritual experience. Oh my God. I just got back from New Zealand and you can drink the water out of like anywhere. And I was just like bending down at every stream like an animal and just like sucking the Amrita from the, the the earth, like drinking all this clean water. Just it was like, oh, here's a stream. I'm just going to kneel down and suck this water wow, into my body. Wow, you can body. drink out of streams there, huh? Every, I drank, I was in New wow. Zealand traveling around by myself, road tripping for a month, all of January. And wow. all I did was drink fresh, clean water straight from the earth. Wow, yeah. that's dope. They have regulations. I mean, the biome there is like super pure and yeah, they have yeah. regulations about how close any type of agriculture can be to really? any major river. Yeah. To keep the poop out of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's dope. That's yeah. funny because I'm always educating people about spring water. I'm like, never, ever drink water that's not right out of the fountainhead, you know, yeah. the, the head of the spring. Well, like, in the States, that's true. But in yeah, New Zealand, yeah, they, cool. they, they're that's, lit that's over there. Dope. And I do know people that, you know, are discerning about finding brooks at high altitude and, you know, they're 
you get the sense that there's not pathogens in the water, but I'd still, um, I'm generally pretty careful about it. So anyway, yeah. there we go. Thank you for the question. You're welcome. Um, Thank you. Last thing I want to ask you, yeah. my dear, is where can people find you on the interweb, social media, et cetera, if they want to learn more about you and what you do? So my Instagram is Mia Magic, M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K. And the the best place really to find like what I do is on YouTube, which is also the same name, M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K. Lots of magic, good content there. And my website is the same name, www.miamagic.com. Cool. So content-wise, YouTube is your jam. Well, Instagram is where I like write most of my things, but my videos go up on YouTube, really just about how to bring more magic into your life. And what I, I mean, what I do for a living is is one-on-one and group coaching and rewilding experiences, taking people out into nature, teaching them how to exist with the herbs and the plants and and really connect and just feel it's like what you said, you know, it's I, I think that the disconnection from tribal culture and community is the same and had the same timeline as the disconnection from nature because that was just how we lived, was in deep communion with nature and surviving off of only like the earth and doing it together. Yeah. So it's it really plays in. So yeah, that's cool. that's where people can find me. You wanna get wild, you wanna free <laughs> your mind and find your magic. Call me. <laughs> so free your mind and your ass will follow. Over yeah. and out. Thanks for joining me, Mia. Yeah. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. I think it's safe to say that most listeners of this podcast realize how important it is to avoid putting poison in your body. I'm talking about the GMOs, the pesticides, the MSG, the aspartame, the canola oil, the tap water, and on and on. But what many people still don't realize is that cosmetics and personal care products are full of nasty chemicals. In fact, over 10,000 known chemicals are used in your everyday makeup, lotion, etc. You know, in the EU, they've actually banned 1,400 ingredients from these products, but in the US, only 30. Wah, wah. Yeah, it's super gnarly. So it's important that you're not only watching what goes into your body, but you're being very careful and conscious about what goes on your body, especially the makeup and cosmetics that you're using on your face. So I want to invite you to check out a great company called Beauty Counter. You can go to beautycounter.com forward slash Luke story, where they have a really great thorough line of safe cosmetics and personal care products. That's beautycounter.com forward slash Luke story. Check it out. And now back to the interview. So tell me, who are you and what do you do? Hi, I'm Samir from Biostrap uh, and I have a wearable tech product. Uh, we have basically all of our algorithms are stored in the cloud. So we take raw data from a sensor like a wristband or a shoe pod and even use sensors from your phone, merge them in our cloud and do some high like m- machine learning AI in the cloud. And also those of you listening, uh, Biostrap has been a former advertiser on the show and I use their product. It's very cool. Okay, so what current fad or scam in the health and wellness industry bugs you the most? I think we see a lot of these uh, vitamins, I think is kind of one of the ones that are scammy. Uh, it's hard to know what's, what works and what doesn't. That's kind of the biggest scam, I think, for the most part. Um, and I think that's, that's where I'll start. I, I think that's most of it is placebo. So fake ass vitamins, got it. What are three toxic items present in everyone's house that they don't know about? Uh, well, I mean, their Wi-Fi router. <laughs> That's a big one. Everyone knows it. Um, I, I, you know, it's hard to be away from technology. So I, I try to keep it away. Keep your phone in airplane mode. Um, and, and I'm big on blocking blue light. Like I use blue, block, blue lockers every night. Um, 
and, and try to keep the room really dark and, and any kind of light that disrupts your sleep. But I'm all about blocking blue light and, and reduce EMFs as possible. Nice. If you could only take one supplement for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, I would probably just take... Uh, I mean, uh, it's a, kind of a, it's not a supplement, but I'd just sleep more if I could. Because honestly, sleeping maybe one hour more would be much more beneficial than any supplement, <laughs> quite frankly. Nice. So your supplement would be sleep. I'll take that. That's actually, I think, really good advice. All right. What's your number one free biohack that doesn't cost any money? Uh, actually, the blackout curtains. I recommend that highly. Uh, just started doing that maybe about two years ago. And it's, uh, it's helped me get more deep sleep, sleep a little bit longer. I have two kids, so it can't get too much sleep. But uh, the blackout curtains, by far, the best one. <laughs> nice. What is the most nutrient-dense food on the planet? Oh, man. I would probably think that... Um, so I'm not a nutrition, I'm a computer scientist. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to go with either, you know, the kale, you know, <laughs> really, that's my favorite kind of product. I think anything that you can enjoy is going to be the most, you know, if it tastes like crap, that you're not going to have it. So I love kale. I love kale salad. That's, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay. Listen to your body and your body tells you what the most nutrient dense food on the planet is. I like it. For me, I think it's probably oysters. Yeah, that's the one that my body goes ding, ding, ding. Okay, what's one piece of advice that you would give a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? Track heart rate variability. Even if you're not sick, it's the one metric I think everyone should know about and should be tracking longitudinally. Um, if you get sick, you know, you'll see that your HRV is affected. So I think to start tracking, understanding your body is really kind of the thing. If you're young, you know what? Start making decisions now that your future self would thank you for. And I'm, I, I wasn't going to deviate in these short interviews, but tell us what HRV is and give us some parameters of numbers that we want to go for. I think when I track mine um, using the BioStrap or something like the Aura Ring, generally throughout the day, it's in the high 40s, uh, low 50s. What, what kind of numbers are we looking for if we're like a super chill meditator that's under very little stress and sleeps like a beast? That's a great question. And it's a hard one because everyone's different. Um, your 40s... I'm in the 130s. Doesn't mean I'm better than you. Oh my God, you're so much better than me. Now I'm insecure. I'm, I'm worthless. <laughs> <laughs> so, but really, it's all about baselining yourself and then seeing it's you against you or me against me. And that's it. That's all it is. So you want to baseline yourself. There are hacks to improve your HRV over time, which makes you more resilient to and you adapt to stress, which is all great for everybody. But really, you, you don't want to compare to anybody else. You want to be better than you were yesterday. That's kind of the mentality you got to think about. Did you have to build up to get that high of an HRV? Because I'm literally uh, having, I'm green with envy right now. <laughs> um, it's having, it's lifestyle based, reducing any kind of inflammation in your body. Um, you'll see that in your heart rate variability. Uh, just, just being chill, man. Like just meditating is definitely going to help you. It's making good lifestyle decisions. It's going to help long term. And, and just being active. Activity is going to help. Well, my next question is, who's your favorite speaker here so far? But it's the beginning of the first day. Have you even seen any speakers yet? <laughs> Not yet, actually. I've been manning my booth. But um, I'm, I'm all really interested. Uh, Mercola came by my booth. I'm, I'm, he, I'm stoked to check out his, his speech. Joseph Mercola. Okay, got it. If you could only take advice from one health expert the rest of your life, who would that be? Um, it would be you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're just going to go with that. I love it. Okay, I won't even edit that out. Let's do it. 
And how do you handle or manage negative emotions in your day-to-day life? Oh, that one's so hard. So having two kids, you get a lot of negative emotions. Uh, but, you know, honestly, it's, it's um, having your own practice. For me, um, work is actually kind of my passion. I love working. It's, it's kind of my way, my release. It's kind of, a, you know, that's my answer. I think not everyone's like that, but I love working. It's kind of my meditation uh, and maybe that's why I'm chill. Maybe I, I work a lot and, and I love working. And, and really, it's kind of, you know, whenever I'm stressed, I just kind of work and it helps me manage it. For sure. I think that's great advice. And you also might make a couple bucks along the way. How can someone be health conscious without becoming overly neurotic about their lifestyle? So there's a good balance between the two. And I think being neurotic isn't a bad thing necessarily. I think you're just overly cautious and everyone here is to some degree neurotic. I mean, this is literally biohacking is kind of synonymous with neurotic, I think. Um, So I think think you just have to find the healthy balance where you aren't necessarily, uh, you know, chained you know, chain, but you, you have some freedom to make mistakes. And sometimes you want to, you know, throw curveballs at your body anyway, honestly. You know, you know, I think um, everyone's different. My, my dad, for example, uh, he's, I guess, would be neurotic, but he loves being, he, that's his lifestyle. He loves being neurotic about, uh, you know, every single thing. He comes in and, and, and cleans up my dirty electricity. Just yesterday, he came in like, oh, it's so dirty. Let me brought these like massive things, plugging all over my walls. And he loves it. So, you know, some people own it up to it. And, and I think you just, if you're neurotic about it, just, you know, do you do you. <laughs> I love it. That, I'm going to follow that advice because I, I kind of just do me and I'm also pretty neurotic about health stuff as anyone would, um, I'm sure, attest to that listens to the show. Do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what is it? Um, you know, I, I do not. I'm not as spiritual as I'd like to be. Um, I think I, I kind of practice mindfulness. Um, you know, if we can consider that spiritual, then I would. But it's really about just being kind to yourself and others. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't say I follow a specific spiritual practice. I would say meditating is one I've been trying to kind of adapt to my lifestyle a little bit. Um, but, you know, I don't have a good answer for that one. Dude, uh, being mindful, I think, is immensely spiritual. It might not be contextualized that way. Sometimes it's just like, I pay attention to the people around me and I try to stay in my body wherever it happens to be in space and time. What's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? Um, I think uh, I think what I'm excited about is probably just uh, anything that... I mean, we're going to see a lot of stuff just on longevity. Um, I think, you know... The fact is that I can never predict because I, I see, you know, you, you probably know more, but some of the stuff that you you were telling me about the, we were just talking about the bio, uh, the orb, I guess. Whatever. Biocharger, yes. Yeah, that that thing blew my mind. It's like alien technology. I just learned about it. I think just a couple like, a week ago. And honestly, like I, I'm 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 so excited to see what's going to come in five years. I I really don't know. I can't predict it. I think uh, I think uh, I'm excited is all I know. <laughs> Dude, thank you for joining me, Samir, for this lightning round. Where can people find your website and social media? Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, you can follow us on Biostrap on Instagram or biostrap.com to check out our stuff. And we also have the Biostrap, I believe, in my store, lukestory.com forward slash store, probably under the biohacking categories. Thanks again for joining me, dude. We'll see you soon. All right, man. What's your name and what do you do? Hi, my name is Andy Nilo. I'm the CEO and founder of Alatura Naturals and All Natural Skincare Line. 
out of Los Angeles, California. Hot damn. You're the person that makes me not look 48 is who you are, Andy. Uh, hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> I use Andy's stuff all the time, you guys. In fact, you probably heard some of his promos on the show. We met, we met a couple years ago and uh, he's one of the only kind of dudes, dudes, man, man <laughs> that I know that's really into skincare and geeked out and studied really hard to find the best stuff on the planet that's completely natural, that's good for your skin. So you. that's, you know, kudos to you for making products that are not only safe, but really work. I actually you, get compliments all the time on my skin. Yesterday, I told someone I was 48. They were like, no way, dude. Yeah, yeah I'm sure people are flattering you. But honestly, I use your stuff all the time. So Thanks, brother. Thank Appreciate you for that. that. Okay, so here yeah. we go. What current fad or scam in the health and wellness industry bothers you the most? Like, what's a myth that you want to bust? Uh, the food pyramid. I just, I, I really feel like, and then I'll, in addition to that, there's a the second one. Breakfast, you know, is the most important meal of the day. And then the food pyramid, you know, got to have your grains. I mean, I really feel like it's backwards. I really feel like you have to have more fats. I've, I've felt my body shrink wrap up, so to speak, by eating more fats, avocados, fermented vegetables, but really incorporating intermittent fasting as well. But I really feel like um, that, uh, yeah, the, the food pyramid's backwards. And also, I think breast, uh, breakfast just, I mean, for years, I would have this big, you know, nutrient-dense breakfast and then have, feel tired and groggy by 10, 11 a.m. feeling like I had to take a nap. So so I just gave you two. So That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I'm down. I, I would agree with that. I mean, when you see the food pyramid, like when I grew up in the 70s and the food pyramid was brought to you by the government. When you're a kid, you're taught mm -hmm. to follow governmental guidelines. You know, yeah. and now as an adult, I tend to do the opposite of whatever the yeah. government is instructing uh, yeah. me to do, Seriously. except when I would be jailed uh, for not doing so. What are the three most toxic items present in everyone's home? Oh, laundry detergent. I'm get I mean, I would say laundry detergent, tap water. I mean, gotta get a filter, guys. Gotta get a filter. You know that. I, I really feel like toothpaste or shampoo. I mean, if they're meaning if you know, if they're going with the leading name brands, you know, with fluoride in there and then just really carcinogenic sodium lauryl sulfate surfactant laced products that close to your brain, massaging it in daily, taking that shower and toxic water. It's just like, man, it makes me cringe. And then brushing your teeth with fluoride. It's just like, that's just, it sounds like the norm, but man, we got to, we got to shake that up. That's, that's something that, you know, it's like common, but it's, it's, I think the education needs to happen on, on shower filters, on good, clean Dr. Bronner's, you know, hair cleanser or uh, hair and body wash. I mean, that's, and then non-fluoridated, uh, Toothpaste. It's a government recognized carcinogen now, so I would I would I would shake that up. That's a good idea to not put a carcinogen in your a carcinogen in your mouth. I'm down with that. Right. All right. So we're, we're imagine this world we're in, Andy, and there's only one supplement left on the planet for you to take. One supplement only for the rest of your life. What would that one supplement be? Oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go spirulina because it's so dense in vitamin A, C, K, B12, beta carotene. Uh, it's a blue-green algae as well. It's it's pound for pound, ounce for ounce, gram for gram. I think the most protein-dense uh, food source on the planet. It's neck and neck with like nicotinamide riboside, but I got I got to pick one. So I'm going. Um, yeah, I'm going uh, spirulina. Okay. Yep. Cool. Love it. What, what, I, you, what are you going? What, what are you I doing? just took some this morning. Dang, um, glutathione. Shoot. All right. Whatever. Spirulina. No, you know <laughs> that's funny. I make these questions and I never think about what my answer would be. Yeah. God, fuck one. If I could just take one supplement, it's so hard to say because I have so many. I'd probably go with things that are hard to get 
from food mm-hmm. and also what my goals are, which for me is usually like energy and a clear mind. I got to say it would probably be qualia. Really? Honestly, yeah. If I okay. could do one supplement, six to eight of those in the morning, I'm rocking and rolling. I got to start taking it. Yeah. I've, I've only tried it. function. Right. And it's all plant-derived stuff. And I, to my knowledge, there's nothing synthetic in there. Yeah. I mean, I've tried it and I was... Yeah. They're always here at the conferences. Cause if I, yeah. Because if I wanted more of... You know, I love like the Dr. Christopher... The uh, uh, Quicksilver Scientific, their uh, liposomal vitamin oh, yeah. B. It's amazing. But I could go eat a bunch of liver... Yeah. You know, grass-fed beef if I was really short on beef. But the shit that's in qualia, you're not going to get from kale. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So that's mine. Uh, What's your number one free biohack for those people that don't want to spend a bunch of money to stay healthy? Uh, I swear, uh, 20 minutes plus of sunshine every day. I mean, it improves my mood. I mean increases libido. It, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it makes me, it's just, yeah. I mean, I, that's something that it's just, I, that's a noticeable difference when I get sun and it's, uh, for the most of us, or for the most part, we, we can experience that for free daily. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Hell yeah. What's yours? Sun. Sun. Okay. Yeah, for sure, dude. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Sun and breath. But if I can only pick one, (laughs) if you like put me somewhere and you you lock me up, say you're only allowed one health regimen per day would be getting naked in the sun without a doubt. Yeah. Good call on the new. Yep. There you go. What's a piece of advice you'd give a person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? I would start, I would start incorporating infrared sauna. Up to three times, I mean, three to five times a week. I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, from heat shock proteins to detox to circulation to, I mean, the myriad of just health. I mean, it makes you feel better. I mean, it's just, I I have to keep a notepad in my car and just sometimes I'm jogging in my car after I get ideas for content. I'm writing copy for emails, just, you know, some jogging from the, the gym sauna to my car because it just unlocks so many good uh, thoughts and yeah, from head to toe, from detox. I mean, I really feel like, I mean, just, just start incorporating infrared sauna daily, if not every other day. And, uh, you know, reading really good, you know, I would say that, you know, just really strengthening the mind and, and, and building that muscle and increasing your vocabulary, becoming more articulate and just building building that muscle, you know, through, uh, through reading. Reading cool. and sauna. So I'm always giving two. I know you're asking for Well, one. that's right. You wanted mean, short answers listen, over here. <laughs> no, listen, we can, we can do that because you could read in the sauna. So you could call that one activity or one piece of advice. I'm going to give you that one. All right. Now, another, now another one where you only get one choice. If you could only take advice from one health expert in the world for the rest of your life, there's only one source of information. Who would that person be? I'm going to go Dave Asprey because not only from uh, like... A, a health and wellness standpoint, man. When we when I went up on my last podcast in uh, in uh, in Canada, somebody his four o'clock uh, canceled something came up, so I had time to kill, and we just hung out, and I got to know him. You know, the man, like the spiritual level. I haven't had. I mean, we, we just broke it down from just uh, just why I have certain anxiety and just down to the umbilical cord being wrapped around my neck when I was a baby, you know, and it it was just, I mean, just really just breaking down on a, just a, just like a, 
Um, just such a, a real level, such a real dude. But I mean, he's health and wellness, biohacking guru. We, we all know that, but man, what a great dude. I mean, on life advice, I'm lucky to have him as a friend and a business partner, but I know I can rely on him and count on him and trust him for anything. So that's him. I mean, I, I know I'm a little biased, but I mean, I really mean that. I mean, he, he gets, he gets it on all levels. So, cool. Love yeah. it, man. Love Dave. I've learned a lot from him as well. And hey, look at this conference. There's a lot of people here that would agree with you. Yeah. How do you handle or manage negative emotions? I usually pinpoint it, analyze it. And from that point on, it's just time. You know, it's, it's hard to just pinpoint it and, and make it leave for me. But when you, when you figure things out, you go, what, what, what's, what, why am I, what bugs me right now? What is it? And you go, oh, okay. You can't just, for me, it's, um, but once you pinpoint it and then time, it's usually done in one night. I mean, when I was acting and failure and whatever, like that would, it'd be tough for me to shake game in baseball too. It'd be tough for me to shake ABs. And that was, it's been one of my, uh, it's been a call or something I really wanted to improve on. And I think I've done that, but it's, it's constant work in progress. So, but just pinpointing it, targeting it, you know, igno- you know, just targeting it exactly and find out what it is, but going and then ask myself why. And then it, from that point on, it's just usually a night. Or if it's really serious, but just, or it could be just diffused right there sometimes. How can you become health conscious as a practice without becoming too controlling and neurotic about it? What's the fine line there between being healthy and being a complete health nut? That's, that's a great question. Cause I used to be that guy, you know, I mean, I, I would, uh, I, I, I was obsessed and I, I still am. I've been able to diffuse my uh, obsession towards certain things, but I'm talking had to run every day five, six miles. Like when you're aching, your run doesn't feel the same. You should run when you really want to go run. You know, I mean, in my opinion, I, I mean, I love, love to go on sprints and, but when you feel, when you beat yourself up with that guilt of missing your day, missing your workout or missing your run, that's counterproductive. And I really feel like now that's kind of leading into uh, obsession and, and just really just it, it, that guilt, that, that, that uh, fight or flight emotion just really can stress you out and, and, and be damaging. And inflammation is the root of all disease. I feel like if you're just pounding, 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 doing those runs you don't want to do, you got to listen to your body and, and loosen up a little bit, eat that cheesecake. It, those, 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 those emotions that are released every now and then. I, I used to be a 95.5 guy. Now I'm about 90.10, meaning like clean, super clean, but I enjoy myself. I love, I love food. I love having a good time every now and then when it's deserved and earned and, Life is short, and but just experiences and just building, building uh, relationships and connecting with people, and you know. But yeah, uh, that's just folks. I mean, man, life is beautiful. I mean, I just when you're kind of becoming a, a prisoner to your own routine of uh, work. I mean, there's a way to do it, but just just uh, don't be so hard on yourself and following that routine. And sure, there's discipline, and believe me, it's it's there. But so I, it's important to loosen up every now and then too. I agree. I'm about to loosen up after this damn conference. <laughs> Do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what does that look like for you? Oh, yeah. Meditation, Sade, upside down, no ordinary love, about seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Dude, mask on. Hell yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You do the inversion table? Inversion table, mask on. Whew. That's your meditation? Yeah. Sade. Wow. Yeah. That's Sade. crazy. Yeah, no ordinary love. God, it just. It's just date. I mean, that, that makes my day. That's why I love doing these lightning rounds. I'm like, really, like I would never walk by you and be like, I bet homeboy hangs upside down every day, <laughs> puts an eye mask on and listens to Sade. Like oh, that would man. not be my guess. So I know, I know thank I'm you getting, for surprising me. I know what I'm getting every single time, you know. Just, All right. What's going to be the, the biggest biohack of the next five years? What do you see coming? 
I I think a good a good thing would be like a, a healthier. You're sober. Um, a healthier way that is not poisoning the community. I'd like to see something a cleaner alternative to to like to drinking and and, and drugs and it's like a healthier. I, I, you know, I'm into um, you know psychedelics. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I'm curious about them. You know, I'm, but I think that's as we're getting there with that. You know, as far as like psychedelics and things like that. But like things that really really harsh toxins and and pollutants in uh, drugs and alcohol. I really feel like finding a healthier way clean that doesn't just kill the system without hangovers, wasting a lot of uh, time recovering from that. That's something I really would like, you know? And so that'd be cool to, to help people. <laughs> Great find answer. Yeah. That's really good. Actually kind of dovetails nicely out of your, how can you be health conscious and not too neurotic? It's like, sometimes you got to cut loose and have fun when it's well-deserved. Right. Yeah. But if you could do so without the, you know, cognitive and mitochondrial price that comes with that. Right. And I'm right there with you. For me, I, you know, you like Fenovit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's some supplements and stuff you can take that aren't drugs, but, and don't seem to have any negative consequences used in moderation, of course. Yeah. So I, I've actually been working on that too. Like, can I take something to get more energy, but not feel too speedy, something yeah. to relax when I really need to calm down. So I think you're onto something there. Maybe you and I might end up having a joint venture. Hey, you know, I'm in. Come up with an Cheers. alternative like party drug that's not a yeah. drug or something, you know? For sure. Especially that's for tough. people that have kind of used up all their e-tickets and, right. you know, like me. I mean, I even if I could, I wouldn't drink, you know? All right. Uh -huh. So um, lastly, where can people find you, your website, social media, et cetera? Right on. Um, well, uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at, at, at A-N-D-Y-H-N-I-L-O, Instagram at Andy Nilo, uh, Facebook, Andy Nilo. And uh, my company is Alatura Naturals at Alatura Naturals on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And yeah, really, uh, it's, I got to say again, man, it's just, I love your journey. I love, we, we both kind of just started our, our towards our paths around the same time. And it's just, uh, couldn't be more uh, stoked for you now. Everything's going for you, you know. And it's a, uh, it's cool to like work together and sponsor. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's cool. awesome. It's yeah. great, man. I remember you used to come up to the house in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, and cut aloe. <laughs> yeah, cut my oh, aloe. Man. I had this nuclear <laughs> aloe, like this super. It was like a you um, put ormus on it. Yeah, it was like mutant aloe vera. I put seawater. Uh, yeah, um, ormus elements. Yeah. Um, was that rock dust minerals? Yeah, it was yeah. some chronic shit. Eventually, oh. I put, eventually I put too much seawater and I killed them. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. I, I moved them to my next place and they ended up dying. I was like, I think it was a little. I didn't dilute the seawater, which I learned later. But I got a new batch growing now. It's going very well. Nice. Not as robust as the old stuff, but I'm getting those there. were some thick. They were. I mean, leaves. Yeah, they man. were like a freaking dolphin fin. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me on the show Brother, again, Andy. Good hey, to see you, dude. Great to see you too. Thanks for having me. All right, what's your name and what do you do? Tim Gray, and I run the Biohacker London Meetup Group and also working on the Health Optimization Summit for London. Hell yeah, you are. We're going to be talking about that a little later. What current myth, fad, or scam in the health and wellness industry bothers you the most? What would you like to debunk for our listeners? That using sunscreen is good for you. Explain. I think it's the margarine of the year, <laughs> i.e. it's bad for us and we should be getting more sun and just limiting our sun um, because it helps our immune system work properly and we're just 
slopping it all over us in the sun. I agree. And I think a lot of people in your country probably use it because you don't get very much sun. The one day a year, everyone's like white walking around the UK, right? But the one sunny day. No, I love the UK. It's beautiful for a couple months there. Uh, what are the three most toxic items present in each and every home? Or in most homes, I guess you could say. Wi-Fi. Ooh, good one. We've got really strong Wi-Fi sitting six feet from us right now, by the way. I can feel it. <laughs> Brutal. And most household cleaners, um, like uh, your bleach spray for your kitchen surfaces and things. That's two. Give me one more. Depending on where you live, the air. Um, I live in central London. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I bet. The air inside your flat. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good call. If you could only take one supplement and one supplement only for the rest of your life, I have to throw away everything else you own. You only get to take one thing. What would that be? Niacin. Really? Mm. Interesting. Why is that? Um, because it helps calm my brain before bed. 50 Niacin? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, especially if you're working on your methylation, um, like taking B12, methylfolate, trimethylglycine, etc. Yeah, it just calms the brain down. And uh, ever since having that, as soon as my head hits the pillow, I'm out. Wow, that's so cool. I had no idea. I'm going to use that. I have some. Non-flush, not the non-flush, the flush stuff. The full line. Yeah, and if you yeah. flush, then yeah, that's another story. It's something that needs exploring, but yeah, nice. And- cool. Wow, great. I learned something new in every Lifestyles podcast episode. What's your number one free biohack for people that don't have the money or don't want to spend the money to be healthy? Most of them are actually free or cheap. It's just the mindset. Um, not just for rich kids. Sleep optimization, hundred percent. The whole your whole world will change if you optimize it correctly. And I think the simplest thing to do is have a blackout blind. Nice, agreed. Thank you for reminding me tonight. I'm going to go to bed at the right time. God willing. <laughs> what is the single most nutrient dense food on the planet? It's between two, and I'm going to say them both. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's okay. You can have a tie. Port belly. Good. Really? Port, yeah. Port belly, in my opinion. Port uh-huh. belly. Uh-huh. Nu- nu- well, I think, yeah, nutrient dense. Like, I think that's good. And also crab, and like, not just the claws, like the head part. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, I had, yeah, I spoke to a very senior person in this space and it was telling me all about it. So I think that's very, very nutrient dense actually. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That's making me crave some right about now. Mm -hmm. What's one piece of advice you'd give to a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? What do we got for the young people? Sleep better and hydrate better. Two things again. Every young person right now is like, sleep? What? I'll do that when I'm dead, bro. Mm. But yes, agreed. And who has been your favorite speaker here at the conference so far and why? And you can't pick yourself, Tim. I really enjoyed Dave Asprey's talk, actually. In this case, he was like talking about the future and how things have gone. I really enjoyed that. Great. And if you could only take advice from one health expert for the rest of your life, who would that expert be? You've got to 
shut down every other website. You can't read any blogs, listen to any podcast. You can only listen to one person to make your way through life. Who would that be? Dr. Makoda. 100%. Perfect. And how do you handle or manage negative emotions? I have something called a fuck off shield. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a force field. And when something's thrown at me like that, it bounces off. Sometimes it catches me out, but it's being cognizant of it and letting it go. How can someone be health conscious and really take care of themselves without becoming too controlling, neurotic, and obsessive about it? That's a really good question. Sleep better. Like literally focus on your sleep. Hydrate better. And everything else follows. You just don't need to be much more extreme than that. If you get those two right, it really, really makes a huge difference. As simple and stupid as it sounds. Do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what is that? Waking up, meditating in front of my red light stack and making my bulletproof coffee. That's my morning ritual. I think that spiritual is in. Like for me, it focuses me, brings me on, on sets me on for the day and um, makes me remember how lucky I am to be alive. And that's what I hold myself for for the day. And moving forward into the future, what's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? It's going to be Anything that brings us back to a more natural environment in an unnatural world. And that could be one of many things. Pretty much every tech or everything that we're finding in biohacking right now is pointing back to a more natural environment in an unnatural world. I think um, most of the areas that I've talked about today have covered on each of those. And where can people find your website and social media? Healthoptimization.com with an S because I'm British um, or Tim Biohacker UK on Instagram. All right, now that we've covered the lightning round here, and you were one of the only people that was actually lightning about it. I'm like, I'm kind of waiting for you to elaborate. And you actually listened when I said before the interview, like, no, I just want quick answers. We're going to blast through this. So thank you for being concise and keeping me um, uh, on the edge of my seat. (laughs) However, I do want to give people a little teaser for the conference coming up in September 2019, which Mm. I'm really excited about. Now, I know it's just coming together and, you know, there's some of the big names that you've just gotten attached to the project. As we say in Hollywood, uh, can't be named, you know, contractually based on our conversation a few minutes ago. But um, I know we're going to be doing another episode, you and I, Mm. because I'm going to come over for the conference and participate in many ways. I'm really excited about it. But uh, in lieu of the longer, you know, deep dive that we're going to do about it in a couple months here, give us a little sneak peek so people can start getting primed for that. Yeah. So I wanted to continue the community in this space and centralize it in Europe because I feel like there's a lot of really cool people in the biohacking world. Um, And yet a lot of people don't understand biohacking as a term and turn their nose up at it. So I decided to relabel it for Europe for the summit, Health Optimization Summit, which tells everyone exactly what it's about. And what that's doing is putting in health, fitness, medical, irrelevant, wellness, nutrition, and biohacking, including paleo, keto, bulletproof mindset, even the vegans, um, all into one place to say, look, we're all super smart. Let's lose, use our brains together to focus on optimizing our health once and for all. And um, yeah, it's really going to be, there's, there's an algorithm we're working on in the background so that people can 
when they buy their tickets. They list down what their, their goals are and we can direct them in the right direction to see the right talk or the right exhibitor based on what their goals are. I won't go into more details than that now, but than that now, but it's pretty cool. So yeah, it's centralizing the best from Europe, the best from Scandinavia as well, because uh, it's biohacking is quite bidding in Scandinavia specifically, as well as from America, bring it all together, bringing it to Europe, bringing keynote speakers from around the world for the first time ever. So someone, for, say for instance, from psychology be on stage next to Dave Asprey. Someone from stem cells from, from Spain will be on stage next to Harry Adelson. You know, this type of mindset. So yeah, really like let's club together and let's, uh, let's, let's change the mindset and spread awareness. That's the whole goal. I think what's really um, exciting about this is the idea, and based on the people that you've told me that are involved, is that that sense of community is really at the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's been, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of tribalism within mm-hmm. the health industry, whether, you know, as you mentioned, vegans or, you know, the paleo people think the vegan people are wrong and vice versa. And there's all this stuff when it's like, really, there's something to take from every single approach and every single mm-hmm. movement. And there's also, you know, just there's all of these different events. And I think sometimes the events or even the big brands in this space aren't really cooperative and supportive of one another. And I like, I like your approach of um, taking the, the competition and the scarcity out of it. Like we mm-hmm. have to be right. This is our customer. This is our audience. And like, mm-hmm. dude, we're all going for the same goal here, <laughs> you know, which is mm-hmm. optimizing our health, mm-hmm. um, be it physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, like the whole thing. And Everyone at the party, I think, has something to say and a, and a voice. So I think that's really, really one of the key things you're doing because oftentimes, especially if it's an event that's branded, branded around a specific company, then it's kind of like mm. their show mm. and no one else is invited to that party. Mm. And that's, that's limiting and it's actually just not productive or healthy. You know? mm, I agree. I mean, one of the things is the community aspect for me. And um, I've partnered with Upgrade Labs Um and paleo effects actually. So I went to uh, went to both of them. Uh, a ballsy move, but I said, look, I really want unity in this space. I want to bring everyone together. I want us to make the world a better place. Um, so yeah, so they they agreed. I don't know how I managed to pull it off, but it's like the biggest collaboration I think in this space that's For ever sure. happened. And I wasn't naming the name, the names because I didn't know if that was public yet. But that, yeah, that's no, it great. is. Yeah, yeah, it is very public now. Yeah, this, cool. this part, uh, the speaker names aren't, but yeah, I guess yeah. you can probably guess the type of names that will be coming along. Yeah, um, from the collaborations that we have, and there, there would literally be part of the whole thing in terms of helping us um, build this out. So it's really, it's a really big deal, and I'm, I'm p- still pinching myself that we've, we've managed to do it. But it's going to be incredible. It really is yeah. cool. And um, I think you already gave the site, but just give the site again for that. Healthoptimization.com with right. an S, not a Z. Cool. Got it. Okay, cool. And as I said, those of you listening, we're going to do a deeper dive on this as it gets closer to it because I really am super excited about it and want to help promote it and also just learn more about you and have you know a more in-depth conversation about your story because your story is insanely cool and inspiring. So Thank you, mate. We'll get together again before that. But um, for now, signing out. Thank you. What a fun couple episodes. Thanks for joining me on part two of this all-star show. If you missed part one, definitely go back and check that out. I think there's 12 interviews here total. And these were all recorded in one weekend. I mean, I was running around the conference like a madman with my recorder, just grabbing some of my former guests, some new friends that I made, anyone that I just got a really high vibe from. And I got a high vibe from all of these people, just fantastic humans. 
That's one thing I love about going to these conferences is really just meeting the people. I hardly ever even see the speakers, sadly. Uh, I wish I could. I kind of need to go to two conferences, one to record and meet people and one to sit there and learn. Uh, But I learned a lot from our, I think it was 12 guests here total. I hope that you did too. Listen, if you dug this podcast, if you're like, wow, what a creative way to put together a show and you learned so much and you were inspired, do our guests and me a favor and just forward this episode to a couple friends. It's super easy to do that now. Just click share on your app, text it to a couple of the homies, couple of the homegirls, post it on social media. I'll I'll tell you what, I can make you a a 95% promise that if you post this to your stories on Instagram, I will repost you because I'm just such a fan of the show myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I like to support you because you support me. And it's one big happy family over here at the Lifestylist Podcast. So in summary, I want to check out some of the events that I'll be attending uh, in London in September, in Majorca, Spain in July. Go to lukestory.com forward slash events. If you want to get down with some natural makeup that's really high quality, go to beautycounter.com forward slash lukestory. That's beautycounter.com forward slash Luke story. And if you want to just find all the badass stuff that I'm into in the world of health and biohacking, go to lukestory.com forward slash store. I think that's it, you guys. I'm back at you Tuesday with Kyle Kingsbury. Thank you so, so much for listening to my podcast. Every time I do an event and I get to meet listeners like you and you tell me the ways that our guests and the show have impacted your life positively, It really makes my life worth living. So I thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait to drop another episode on you next week. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.